are not following Becca Shea, you are totally missing out. Do you like beats, specific beats of music, but you wish that it was a little bit more kosher, a little bit more inspiring? Well, Becca Shea is your gal. So welcome, everyone. Today is the 17th of February. We've got about another, what, 10 days till this month is gone. It's always a short month because it's just a couple days, but for some reason, it feels a lot shorter. But for some reason, the first 17 days of this month have been longer uh, than January collectively, believe it or not. I find myself in a, in, in a spot where, you know, as I'm taking a step back and I'm looking at things, I really wish I was wrong about a lot of things. Self-preservation. Well, self-preservation is the natural in- instinct or tendency of an organism to protect itself from harm and danger. It refers to a set of behaviors or actions that an individual takes to maintain its physical and emotional well-being, to survive and avoid threats or risks to its existence. Now, this could be simply a mechanism for life survival, right? So that you can survive and not die, right? When you're out in the forest or the jungle. But in, you know, today's society of 2023, where technology hasn't even seen the boom yet, wait till you see the Bam, in advancement. But regardless, self-preservation also goes in the sense of work. Have you guys ever been in a work environment where someone is, for some reason, more important than everybody else and that they can yield the power where they will silence you and you will lose your job and then you can't pay your car payment, your mortgage payment, you feed your kids, right? And you have to sit back and you have to just suck it up. And when asked from a fellow coworker, hey, what do you think of this? You'll talk shit except for that person. Or if that person who's allegedly in charge or the really underlying tonality of work, you'll agree with them on whatever they say. I haven't read all the case files, but you know, Ingram and chatting shit about Trump. I've told you guys that. You'd be very surprised what they say at dinner. (laughs) And the thing is, a lot of them kind of just played into it because they knew they were being watched. But all of them value their jobs a lot more than the people. Because when the changes happen, they want to sit at the table to continue pretending that they're on the other side. Now, no matter how many times you tell people, you know, loyalty is shown when the person across from you accepts your petty responses and actions. Right? Excuse me. So, for example... Let's pick one person. Um, 
Let's pick, and this is totally fictitious. I'm, I'm dead serious on this. This is fictitious, but I think it'll make more sense. Sarah Carter and Laura Ingram both work for Fox. Okay, this is fictitious. So don't take this. I'm just giving an example because we're talking about the media realm. Sarah Carter, you know, married to DOD, you know, did a lot of war zone stuff. You know, she's a foreign service officer tapped by the, by the CIA. Same thing with Laura Ingram. They're both in the same spot, right? <laughs> They're both tapped by the agency. And if any, <laughs> I dare anyone to, <laughs> to, to, to tell me no, to tell me no, but okay. So they're both journalists apparently, right? They both, you know, report back to whoever handles them at the CIA, whatever their POC is. Anyway, and, you know, Sarah's really trying to kind of get out of the sphere of, I'm just going to take a script, but I need to make it look more journalistic, right? And so she kind of breaks off and does her thing. Ingram's doing her own thing. And Sarah's like, oh my gosh, look, Ingram's so great. And, you know, promotes her. Sarah wants to just actual do reporting, uh, go and collect information, um, you know, and ask questions. Laura just wants her producers to do all the work and the staffers that are underpaid. And then they just put it together and she reads it. She gets a heads up on it. She's pretty smart. She could figure out and she could wing it. Right. And this is completely fictitious. I'm telling you, I'm not alleging this. This is fictitious. Okay. I'm just giving an example. Okay. Uh, this has never happened between them. This is not the situation. I want to reiterate that. So then Sarah's like doing all this stuff, trying to wake the people up because she and her amazing husband, which by the way, I've, I've met these people. They're great people, right? Her husband is amazing too. He's, he's incredible. Um, and Sarah, right? And Laura. Uh, not some, <laughs> I haven't engaged with Laura and go much out of disguise ever, but I have with Sarah Carter. So, uh, uh, yeah, Laura talks a lot when she eats dinner and has wine. But anyway, uh, continuing. So they're, they're having this and Sarah's actually trying to get some information out. She's like tired of this and she, she's like putting it out. But, you know, Laura's doing her own thing. Sarah's like, oh, Laura's so amazing. No, 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 Laura's not amazing. You know, Sarah, because Sarah is not on her level. Sarah's doing radio. She does a couple hits. Laura is set. You know, she's got the hair, the, the alleged audience, the posturing, the PR, right? Sarah doesn't. And this is why I brought them up too, right? Uh, the two ladies, because we see that Sarah does some hard-hitting reporting, even though it's orchestrated most of the time. You know, she does like her job. It's almost kind of like the FBI agents right now. You know, they know that all of this crap is happening, but at least they're busting a couple pedophiles. They're like, at least I did something, right? So I want you guys to understand that in almost every industry that surrounds politics, that surrounds media, that surrounds journalism, is people trying to cannibalize each other. They try to outdo each other. Those of you that have worked in a federal agency and or in the intelligence community know it's all about pissing all over your partner or your friend to get a leg up in the ranks. Done. It is dog eat dog. And, and it's not about the people. It's about them getting a cookie from whoever, you know, is on top. It's the most insane thing you'll see. And right now, you know, while people are reading through this and I'm just like shocked, I want you to take a 40,000 foot perspective. And we'll talk about this next week because I need to read it and then, you know, kind of pull up on my notes <laughs> of interactions so that I can see. But I want you 
to take a 40,000 foot view when you're looking at the interactions. And I want you to time warp right back to the election times. A lot of people were together. A lot of people split up. Oh, shit. A lot of people made money from elections to J6 to Pfizer to masks to vax. And there's one core thing here, fear. See, they have you believe that everything is either in control, right? And, oh, we've got it under control or that they have no control and, and they're advocating for the other side and being, I'm just being the devil's advocate. I'm just doing my job and I'm asking questions. And when I put questions out, it's got to be with facts. Well, fuck your facts. Here's some facts. We've been talking about water. I've also introduced you to Uruguay, which by the way, also had a balloon. Right? <laughs> That's so random. I did an extensive show on that. We've been talking about Nestle. Extensive show on that. I brought to your attention that if you live anywhere within 100, bo- 100 miles of your border, uh, I, I think one of our amendments goes out the window and the military can occupy, you know, <laughs> your house. And it's like, oh, so that's a violation of the Constitution. But because Congress made an amendment, so I can quarter soldiers. Okay, fair enough. But another thing is, is that during the tenure of President Trump, The Supreme Court of the United States withdrew all powers from the EPA like they did the CDC. This means that the EPA can't come and say, you're not allowed to eat this because we said so. I mean, someone sent me a picture of, you know, meta office, right? Facebook office where they allege all meat is called protein. And a lot of people are actually following suit. Um, I took that picture and I was like, wow, coming to a meta office near you. And then as I was looking into it, oh my gosh, they're calling it protein. Uh, is that soiling green? Is that crickets? Is that beef? Is that um, yeah, chicken? Pork human? Who knows, right? You just don't know. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really sad. I should, I, 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 my laughter is coming from a point of sadness. Because all of these people... Either they have good intentions or bad. The Anons, the influencers, both left and right, the reporters, except for Keith Olbermann, I think he's really lost his mind because he literally said on his Twitter feed that he wants to starve the red states and that the left states should do that. And I'm like, okay, buddy, California relies on red states for water. Uh, I don't know. Illinois gives IOUs for lottery tickets. They're broke, right? All the blue states are broke and in debt. New York doesn't make much food. So actually, you can't starve red states. The red states can fucking starve you. But anyway, besides him, God forgive me. Um, there are people out there that uh, purport knowledge. Oh, I know how psychological operations work. I read General Flynn's book about fifth generational warfare. It's irregular warfare. Ah! And yet they're playing right into it. Right. When I saw J.D. Vance with a stick ticking the water 
Hey, God, look, there's rain boots on. It was this. Okay, first of all, it's not going to be a chemical. It's oil slick. For those of you that are by the ocean or sea that have swum where a boat just passed by, you see it, right? And it's like, that's normal because they had an explosion and they used gasoline, fuel, petroleum, whatever version of, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, fossil fuel they used to help ignite and explode the tankers. So that's normal. Normal. We have actors all over TV. They've been interviewing the extras in the movie White Noise. <laughs> it's almost like they've been practicing their lines for a long time, of course. Everyone's paranoid because water is imperative, right? I stressed this to you a couple of years ago when I tested bottled water and it was bullshit. And it was really, really hard to find water. And we talked about it and, you know, how I have certain water filtration systems, uh, how the Berkey systems are amazing. We all did this. We talked about it on air, that is. And I remember on the day of the explosion, you know, I, I have WeChat, right? I troll the Chinese forums. I saw Ohio and I was like, whoa, I didn't even have an alert for that. So I'm looking at it and they're like, Ohio, Chernobyl. So everyone is having a fucking party about it. I just was like, oh, it's because they exploded the trains, whatever. But then it prompted me again to look. And it reminded me of COVID. When COVID hit, it hit. And then people were panicking about it, right? They were like, oh, God, I'm going to die. And look, they're putting people in cremation things. They walked into a building and shot people up. Oh, my gosh, that guy just dropped dead on the ground. This lady scaling the wall to run away. Oh, my gosh, this is fearful. They're locked down. And it's bats in a wet market. Okay. I'd totally be on board that you would get sick from the dehydrated seahorses that look like rock candy that I had tasted and taste disgusting, by the way, when I was there. But again, you look for the source. When you don't know something, you start at the beginning. Like I would say the beginning would be like, just grab a Bible and just be like, okay, God, you, my life is in your hands. But see, the majority of people that say this don't really believe it. And that's the problem. They don't really believe it. They just say it. And that's a Christian thing to do. I just say that. Read the Bible. No, you need to actually believe it. But if you don't want to do the Bible, then start at the beginning to find the source of where this came from. So, you know, I had discussions with a bunch of journalists like this, you know, explosion thing. They're going to freaking amplify it, da-da-da. Since no one paid attention, okay, we got more trains that were derailed, right? Uh, I believe in Michigan, another train derailed that had the same chemicals, but they didn't blow that one up. So weird. <laughs> no bombs there, right? No nuking your own nation. And this is what they're saying. They're going to, they nuked America. Our government nuked America. <laughs> Time to move Oompa Loompa out and start the op. It is horrifying to watch people that proclaim that they are on the side of the people amplifying Chinese propaganda and perpetuating it and amplifying the fear. 
The left is silent. We didn't see Greta. We didn't see Suzuki. I've said this. No federal government, no pitch tents, no nothing. And, you know, even FEMA's like, yeah, you're not, you're not entitled to it. And you know what people are going to say? Here's what they're going to say. Biden didn't give it to Ohio because it's a red state. And they all wanted to die. And it's like, okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. There is a plan. They have a plan. Okay. And uh, this op is fantastic. I just didn't expect that there were so many traitors on the side of the alleged people. But the, the release of showing what these fuckers say behind closed doors about your president and about America. Well, why would you put that to the side then? I've heard it with my own ears from people like, you know, Greg Gutfield. I can tell you things that they have said about President Trump that will make your toes curl. Oh, and better yet, about America and what they think about how great it would be if we were a North American continent rather than just the United States of America. Because could you imagine? It's like we have open borders and we could just go to, uh, you know, Mexico City. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So why are you surprised to see that all these people are jumping on a bandwagon? Now, um, a lot of people, you know, are jumping on this bandwagon because it has tapped their shadow of fear. And while many of them, I'm just reporting what the specialist is saying. And it's like, yeah, Fauci was a fucking expert. Burks was a fucking expert. The CDC is filled with fucking experts. They have degrees and they carry all that. How'd that work out for you? Okay. And so, you know, you have to sit back and wonder why are they doing this? Well, they need a narrative. How are they going to sell silver, gold, socks, tickets, books, subs? I'm so, I'm, I broke this because I'm tired. I, I can't even imagine how President Trump is. It's like sometimes it's like I, I, it, that meme where you just like shovel you know, that, 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 that big guy with the glasses behind a computer desk and he just throws papers and swipes the desk. That's me. That is exactly it. So as I'm looking at this, I'm like, all right, so they got the borders done. They can take our houses within hundred miles of international borders. So, you know, for some States, that border the north and the south, that's a, that's a big chunk of uh, land. And a lot of you live there. And then while people are so dumb, yes, they blew them up. Yes, they blew them up and, and they were covering something. And the risk is less. Do you think that the cabal would literally destroy their land and water that they need? Because they need you. You're a slave. They need you. It's kind of like the plantation farms. They would whip and kill a couple of the slaves, right? Just to keep them on the plantation quiet, but they would feed them. They had a house, they had food, right? And they would actually provide medical care when necessary, unless they had a lot of them and they didn't care if they died, right? But they would actually take care of them. You are a slave. You are part of what they need. You need to make the things go and work, you need to go and be the cashier. You need to go dig the holes. You need to go at the, you know, metal plants. You need to be the doctor. You need to be the nurse because they're slaves too. I mean, we can't even trust them. So anyway, moving along, right? 
here is where we're at the point where the specialists are telling you that these are the results and huh, the panic sets in. Obviously, 10 days later, because it wasn't an emergency then, it's an emergency now. And the thing is, the left isn't even amplifying it. And they're the ones about straws and how bad they are for the environment. And now they're telling you, oh, no, it's fine. It's because it is. And the EPA, and, and you trust it because the CDC told you stuff and, and, and you trusted it. Oh, no. But all your friends are saying it. So let's all jump in and add to the paranoia and the disruptions because that's what's good. Okay. You see, why would they destroy things that they need? But if they give you the illusion that they're destroyed, then you hand over the power. If the EPA can't lock you down and say, I need to shut down all your wells. Oh my gosh, you have rainwater. You're arrested. Federal jail, right? And here you are. Oh my gosh, like I'm going to die. And maybe they'll put something in there too to amplify that. Maybe they'll throw in a couple of, I don't know, maybe we'll get Mexican water things, right? Just an idea. Maybe some unicellular organism or parasite that gets activated. With I can't. I can't. So rather than me amplify to your ears and tickle that with knowledge of what they're actually trying to do, which is gain control of the water system because you need water. Three days, no water, you're dead. Right? I mean, you could eat a lot of food, but then that's all garbage too. But, you know, we could try. We, we've been surviving like that. Our bodies are adaptable. So, you know, you have to see it to believe it. And, you know, no matter how many times what I told you, but I can't tell you, tell you, because if I tell you, I just told you, you got to see it to believe it. You've got to live it to understand it. I mean, we saw, you know, this whole, uh, COVID narrative. Remember, the left was like, no, it's no big deal. Remember, Pelosi was like, no big deal. And then Trump was like, it fucking is. The Chinese are going to be the first ones that are making this vaccine with Bill Gates. And then we're going to have the Chinese handing out vaccines. We better get on top of this shit. If Pelosi's saying no big deal, then it's a big deal for me because I need to get in there. So then here we are. They know that you're going to respond like this. So the left is like, we're not saying anything. Media is like, we're not saying anything, right? And it was a controlled explosion, just like normal. That is fact. So here we are again, where the right amplifies the wrong way. And the Chinese are loving it. So we have Chinese assets among us. And then here's the other thing. Coincidentally, of course, the Pentagon puts out something. Oh, you know, we have 50 Russian sleeper agents infrastructure. Oh, now... Russia did it. They derailed us. They set that shit on fire. They also made the helicopters crash. They also made the truck oil spill. They also had all these derailments that happen every single day almost across the nation, but you don't hear about it, right? The only time you hear about it is if someone wants you to hear about it, okay? I can I can tell you for a fact, and I know those that are in railway towns like in North Dakota and uh, what is it called? Thief River Falls, right? Uh, you should look at that one. Um, up that way, you've got, uh, uh, not Seattle, 
Um, it's outside of Seattle South. Oh, I forget the name. It's some obscure freaking train town. If you ask them, they'll tell you. They've had a lot of derailments. They have them all the time. And it's anhydrous ammonia that will suck the water straight out of your body. You'll be like a shriveled raisin instantly if you're in proximity. So, And you get very sick. And it causes lasting effects. So that happens all the time. So now people are digging up, oh, look, all of these people own it. It's like Vanguard. Dude, they own everything. Like, this isn't a revelation. It's dumb. Like, we look so stupid and people are chasing rabbit holes rather than take a step back, don't report on things, and focus. That's what I did. I was like, oh, the, the explosion, it's nothing, right? We're just going to blow shit up, right? Huh? But I had eyes on the ground. I had drones in the air. So funny because there was a drone outside my window when I was dying. Huh? When I was talking about drones, huh? <laughs> so weird. Drone, alien, ball, whatever you want to call it, right? So I, there's some really good people in Ohio. And they went there. Their drones confiscated and good. They got them from the mall and they're not registered. They paid for cash. People know how to do this shit. And all we see is a narrative being pushed. We have so many factions within the United States and it's like, so then we have this e-guy, right? Totally wants to free Assange, but now used to thump his wife, doesn't want to thump his wife now. Now she's an asset. And so now Lara Logan's an asset and then Jason's an asset and he's coordinating with Praying Medic. I already told you Praying Medic <sighs> preys on people calls out people. So we have the faction of the expose the Flynn networks and ooh, we're going to do this. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're breaking up the unity in America right now with all your memes and your bullshit, right? If you're going to fucking get it done, get it done. And this is how it has to be. Because right now, let's say you're right. Let's say every one of these little stupid factions is right. Let's pretend that exposed general friend networks is right. That they're all bad and they're all Mossad and they're all of this. And let's pretend Linwood is also. Let's pretend Sidney Powell is too. And President Trump. Let's just pretend all of that shit is true for a second now. Okay. They're all fighting amongst each other of who's righter than the other. And in the end, nobody gives a fuck because no one's going to be here because you have split up the minds of the people. And so here I am in the middle saying, I'm not playing footsie with any of you, right? And that's what every single one of you can do. You can be salty. I can be salty. But just keep that shit to yourself. Don't try to tell people, I got secret information. I'm going to do this. You don't have shit. You don't have access to the quantum like some people do. Totally see what you're doing behind the scenes with your stupid blue shorts sitting in your... Ugh, I'm not even going to... I'm not going to let it go. Huh? So what we need to do, right, is take a step back and just unite as people and stop listening to these people and go with the information that we have and the information we don't have. Because the only way they win is if they divide you. We have, we're Anons. Okay, fine, Anon. We can all work together. But I don't like this person. It doesn't matter. That person has their own audience. You guys should be unifying in ensuring that we as a whole together put out a message so that we can target this disinformation. Don't pander to it. But Stu Peters, which I already told you about, but anyway, yeah, that's what that should be doing. 
That's what the exposed general Flynn network should be doing. That's what all of these people or the Flynn people or the clay people or the fucking stupid, you know, uh, props that are getting paid to be mouthpieces, right? Because, oh, people like them. You know, they're very Christian. What does that mean? Like when I hear someone say that, <laughs> when I hear someone say that, I'm just like, okay, so, oh, Tori, th- the world loves XYZ. So Christian. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? Tori, why are you like, because this is stupid. You're focusing on stupid things that in the end don't matter. They really don't. We're all here. I'm more right than you. Subscribe to me. I'm more, uh, you know, in tune and I have secret knowledge. If you're being thumped, and if someone's resharing your shit, and I don't like people of any importance resharing my shit, then you're not important. <laughs> but so and so like this and he tweeted that. I had someone creep up in my feed and say, Yup, Stu Peter said that. That's true. And I'm like, Block, <laughs> block, 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 block. And it's like, This is the state of America that we're at. We're picking teams and saying that team's better. This isn't a game per se. Because <laughs> in the end, you're the only one that's going to lose when you're playing a game. The only way to win a game that you haven't started is to not fucking play. Okay. And that's the problem that we have now. We have all these people. I know more. You don't know shit. I can pull up anything I want on you. Want to, want to test me? Test me. I'm game. But see, I don't have the time for that because I'm busy focusing on finding digestible actions that average people can do to stop their counterattack because nothing can actually stop what's coming. And that's the problem that we have. I watch them. They're like all talking and we're going to do this and that. Show me the money. See, there was this person. I'm going to transport back. Ah, was it like 2020? I think Uh, they approached Millie and Gavin and we were on a call with this chick named Tommy Collins who was flanking Bill Binney. She was like his gatekeeper. Totally works for the CIA. I knew that. Right. Um, and she doesn't work for the CIA. They throw her some breadcrumbs because she's in debt. She likes to spend stuff. And, you know, um, you know, she just needs money. She talks about Christianity and stuff. And, and she talked to Millie and Gavin. They were like, let's talk. So she was talking. She's like, yeah, I'm doing this. And I was like, uh-huh. And I was like, well, I, I want to speak to Bill. I just want to see if she can hook it up because I could talk to Bill Binney if I want to. I just want to see. And it's like, she's a gatekeeper. And then she was like, well, here's what you guys need to do. You need to raise funny for my foundation. And I was like, what does your foundation do? Well, we're not doing anything now. You're just going to give me the money and then we'll get things done with Kibby and all of these people. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound kosher. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not helping you because I don't know what the hell you're doing. I've asked you, let's get this done and, and you're not making it happen. It's like you can't make it happen. And then, you know, I know people that she speaks with because they literally record the conversations where she's completely talking shit about me because I blanked her. But then she comes around to flank my friends. Like, yeah, she's been through hell. What the community, the intelligence community has done to Tori is so bad. Yeah, it is. 
And nobody knows the, the depth of what they've done to me. So now that she's been ousted by Bill Binney, who she claimed that his new wife was his handler, which he is, but, you know, she's benign, more protective detail, whatever. I guess this is my speculation. She goes around. She's like, let me help you. She panders to this, you know, godly thing. I kid you not. When I went to Missouri, literally got off the bus. I think I had this conversation with that amazing person from there. And I didn't know what she looked like because she was just on the phone with me, right? I don't really care. See, I don't take the time to dig into people I don't give a shit about. The minute I see you're an op, I find a connection with you with certain handlers or I find communications, I'm like, whatever. So I jump off out of this, you know, shuttle from the hotel with one of my lawyers and, you know, a Missouri listener, I was like, Tori. And then that person comes, aren't you grace? Aren't you, um, what did she say? Aren't you grateful that you're in my presence? I'm like, uh, who the fuck are you? I didn't think she liked that response. Cause it's like, who are you to say that? Why am I pointing this out? This is a micro operation. This is one throwaway, you know, asset, right? To the side. They come at you as an individual, and even in the media, and I'm talking about the people that I know want to do good and aren't because they need to stick to the script, and they don't have to. They will choke you. For me, they've taken everything from me. I literally have nothing to lose. But your kids, they're okay. They're now signed in an oath under the federal government, so they're not mine anyway per se. So I have nothing to, except for my cat, I guess. Right. And Nick's cause I'm totally keeping her. Um, when you have nothing to lose, you're one of the most dangerous people there is because you really don't care what someone has to say about you or what else they do to you. Now, I've expressed to you guys that I've been canceled, but I don't think people understand the gravity of the cancellation. Obviously, I'm a little bit smarter. I try to keep, you know, things, but it's caused me to be uncomfortable, ironically, at the time of the derailment. So that way I can't go out there and I can't focus on that, right? I mean, look at Bill Binney. They destroyed him. They caught him naked in the shower. And they were like, yeah, it's like, I'm naked. I'm like in the shower, like seriously, like calm down. I'm naked. These people have absolutely no remorse and they don't care. But they're also scared. And for those of you listening, I actually forgive you for being pussies. Excuse my French. Because self-preservation is a really ugly quality. And it's a really hard innate quality to shake off. But the responsibility that someone has as a human being is it's pretty immense because you're not on here to serve yourself. You're here to serve everyone. I really hoped that these idiots who sit there and have all this secret knowledge and I'm in the end. President Trump cut them all off. All of them. 
And when you see him thumping people, it's spotlight. Kind of like he did with Fauci. Here, 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 here. If people think that he's dumb, they have no idea. So yesterday, I was downloading something. Hopefully Monday I can share that with you. So you can understand what's really happening in a sense, kind of, not really. Because it's actually quite dangerous. You never tell the enemy what you're going to do. I mean, it's 2023. So now that's different, right? But the proof is in the past. Before we get to that, I want to talk about Jesus killing a tree. What? Fantastic video. I just want you guys to watch this just for a second. I think it'll be quite eye-opening. This comes from an account on YouTube called Brandon Robbins. Here we go. Enjoy. Why Jesus kills this tree and why this matters so much? We first have to understand why Jesus encounters this tree in the first place. As we begin chapter 11, Jesus is entering Jerusalem just a few days before his death. This is a day Christians refer to as Palm Sunday. And this is a huge moment in Jesus's ministry. So much of what has been happening in the last 10 chapters of Mark's gospel has been leading up to this moment. In chapter one, Jesus announced the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And here Jesus is riding into Jerusalem like a king. But there are a few critical things about this moment that I don't want you to miss. For instance, Jesus begins this journey into Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, a place that is the source of prophecy. Zechariah wrote, A day of the Lord is coming. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there will be one Lord and his name the only name. For everyone witnessing this moment, they know this verse. And they realize that Jesus is intentionally entering as the promised king who would free the Israelite people. He has come to usher in God's kingdom, God's reign upon the earth. Caesar isn't Lord. Herod isn't king. Jesus is all of those things. And just so that there is no doubt, Jesus rides in on a colt. Something else that Zechariah prophesied when he said, Your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. But Jesus isn't just living out prophetic promises. He's also doing something very modern, very familiar to this crowd. He's riding in like a general, like an emperor. You see, in Roman society, whenever an emperor would enter into a town or a military official would return from a victorious campaign, he would enter the city much like Jesus is doing here. There would be crowds and fanfare. He would ride high aloft a horse or an elephant, symbolizing his power and greatness. And there would be an atmosphere of praise. This is the man who saved the people. And people would have recognized this as Jesus entered the city. But they would have also noticed that there was something quite different about Jesus's entrance. His Transportation was smaller. His crowds were humbler. His entourage was simpler. Jesus didn't enter with swords and splendor. He wasn't surrounded by politicians and nobility and wealth. 
He was a different kind of king. A king for every person. A king who would usher in a different type of salvation. And here's why it's so important to understand this. Why this is so critical to understanding the situation with the fig tree. Everything about this scene proclaims who Jesus truly is. The laying down of branches and clothing. The quoting of Psalm 118 as people say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Everything that we've talked about so far highlights one important fact. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the promised son of David. He's the king that people have been waiting for. And the crowd gets this. They're ready for it. But there's one thing we've seen in Mark's gospel that makes Jesus matter than almost anything else. Something that has made him furious with religious leaders and even his own disciples. And that is anytime someone tries to get in the way of that kingdom. Who prevents people like the crowds in this scene from being able to follow Jesus. And that's exactly what's about to happen next. In quick succession, two events occur that we often treat separately, but are in fact very much connected. First, on the following day, after Jesus' triumphant entry, Jesus leaves the place where he's staying in a town called Bethany and begins walking back to Jerusalem. And as he's walking, he gets hungry. And when he sees a fig tree, he decides to satiate his hunger. But when he gets to the fig tree, there's no fruit on it. And in what appears to us to be a superfluous detail, Mark adds that the fig tree not only has no fruit, but has nothing but leaves, because this was not the season for figs. Now pay attention to those details, they will matter in a minute. So, after Jesus sees the situation with this fig tree, it appears that he's so frustrated that he curses the tree, declaring that it should never again bear fruit. And in a brief piece of side commentary, Mark lets us know that the disciples heard Jesus say this, because again, this detail will matter. Now, after Jesus leaves this fig tree, Mark then shares with us the second important event that occurs on this morning. Jesus enters the temple. And when he does, Jesus immediately starts driving out those who are buying and selling things in the temple courts. He overturns tables and chairs. He he keeps people from carrying objects through the temple courts. He tells them that they've turned the temple into a den of thieves. And as we're reading this, all we can think is that this doesn't sound like Jesus at all. I mean, never before in Mark's gospel has Jesus been so angry. Never has he once done anything like this. Is he just really mad about the figs? Does he just really need a Snickers right now? Or is there something much bigger going on here? And this is where we all really need to start paying attention. This is where we begin to realize why the killing of this fig tree matters so much. Because all of this is connected. And in order to see those connections, you need to know something about temples and something about figs. Before that, though. If you're liking this video, please take a moment to click the thumbs up and the subscribe buttons to show that you like the video. This tells YouTube to promote this video and allows us to reach even more people around the world. So thank you for your help. Now, let's get back to why we need to be so concerned about this fig tree 
And we'll start by learning something important about the Jerusalem temple. This is a simplified version of what the temple in Jerusalem looked like at the time of Jesus. And if you look closely, what you can see is that it is designed as a series of spaces that take you closer and closer to God. The most intimate and holy space in this building was called the Holy of Holies. And this is where the presence of God rested. Outside of that, you have the priest's court, the court of Israel, and various other courts where Jewish people could go. But outside of all of that, you had the court of the Gentiles. And if you weren't Jewish, this was the only place where you could go. Now, judging by the size of this picture, you'd think that this was a really large space, and it was large. But when religious festivals came around, it was packed. You see, during religious festivals, this outer section, the court of the Gentiles, this was where all of the vendors set up their tables, where they sold livestock and other things that could be used for sacrifices. It's where money changers would sit to exchange other currencies for this temple's special currency. And just to give you an idea of how packed it was, a historian named Josephus tells us that one Passover week, 255,000 lambs were bought, sold, and sacrificed in this area. A quarter of a million. This is what Jesus and his disciples see when they enter the temple grounds. And this is where Jesus turns over the tables. Now, the first question we should be asking here is why? And our natural inclination is to ask, why did he flip all of the tables? But before that, we have to ask another question. We have to ask, why did he turn the tables over here? And it's actually the answer to that question that helps us to understand everything else going on. You see, like we said, this space, the court of the Gentiles, this was the one place where Gentiles could go. This is as close as they could get to the presence of God. This is the only place where they can worship. Not only are they clearly not part of this community of faith, just based on the restrictions surrounding where they can go in the temple, but even in the place where they are allowed, they're kept from worshiping. This place of worship has been turned into a market of chaos, and this makes Jesus furious. One of the things that we have seen throughout Mark's gospel is that Jesus is consistently reaching out to Gentiles and opening the door for them to be part of God's kingdom. The demon-possessed man, the Syrophoenician woman, the countless people he has reached in Idumea, Tyre, Sidon, Perea, and so on. These have all been Gentiles, and Jesus has offered them salvation. In many cases, Jesus traveled to them in order to reach them. Jesus didn't believe that God's kingdom was only open to the people of Israel. His kingdom is much bigger than that. So when he sees what's going on in the temple, how overtly and obnoxiously Gentiles are being excluded, Jesus flips out, literally. He starts destroying the things that are keeping the Gentiles from worshiping. And then something really interesting happens. Then Jesus returns to the fig tree. Now remember what happened the first time Jesus passed this tree. It says that he was hungry and he saw that it had no fruit. It only had leaves. Now to us, those are tiny details. But to the people listening back then, 
to people who lived around fig trees, grew fig trees, relied upon fig trees, they see what's happening. You see, Middle Eastern fig trees bore two kinds of fruit. Nodules came in the spring and were abundant and good to eat. And if you had lots of nodules, then you'd have a large harvest of the second fruit, the fig. But remember what Mark told us. He said it wasn't the season for figs and the branches had nothing but leaves. In other words, there were leaves, but no nodules, which meant that there would be no fig harvest. Something was wrong with the fig tree, which is why Jesus curses the tree. But there's more. When Jesus and the disciples leave the temple, they notice that the tree is now dead. And if you were one of Jesus' disciples, all of a sudden, pieces are rapidly starting to come together in your mind. You'd remember that the fig tree bore no fruit. You'd be thinking about what you just encountered in the temple with the leaders of the Israelite people. But then there's this other part of you that remembers that scripture refers to Israel as a fig tree. And then, and then the final piece lands, a scripture you heard growing up that you realize is coming true before your very eyes, literally in front of you. Because suddenly, Jeremiah 8.13 pops into your head and you remember what God said. I will take away their harvest, declares the Lord. There will be no grapes on the vine. There will be no figs on the tree and their leaves will wither. What I have given them will be taken from them. And you realize that that's this. Jesus didn't just randomly kill a tree. This whole thing, the fig tree, then the temple, then the fig tree again. All of this connects to something much bigger. You see, what they're realizing is that the fig tree represents the Israelite people, specifically the religious leaders. They're getting in the way of the kingdom. This triumphant entry that Jesus had the day before, they're undermining that. They think that they're the only ones who can and will be saved. They think that salvation is exclusive to them because they follow the law and observe the oral traditions. They think that just being part of the Israelite people makes them more worthy than others. But Jesus says that there's something wrong with them. They look good on the outside, but they aren't producing fruit. Something is wrong with them on the inside. And God is extending the promise beyond the Israelite people. God's promise, something the Israelite people believed belonged to just them, is being extended beyond the Israelites. And here's why we should still be concerned about this message today. The reason that Jesus is so frustrated with the people he sees in the temple is because they were God's hope for the world. God looked at Abraham and said, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. In Isaiah, God says, you are my servant Israel in whom I will show my glory. Their purpose as the people of God was to be wholly devoted to revealing God's glory to the world. Not just believing in it themselves, but revealing it to everyone. This was to be their identity. Their whole life told the story of who God is and God's plan for the world. But they stopped. They closed off the community. 
Rather than revealing God to the world so that all might worship God, they focus simply on their own worship. Instead of focusing on reaching others, they focused on their own relationship with God, on building relationships with one another and never looking out. And here we are, 2,000 years later, and we have to keep asking ourselves the same question. Have we become dead fig trees? As a church, have we become so focused on ourselves, our squabbles, our traditions, our struggles, that we've forgotten who we were called to be. We've forgotten that the very first word of Jesus' great commission is go. I mean, let me ask you personally, do you personally struggle with this? You get lost focusing on your own relationship with Jesus, on your own church community, and you forget that the responsibility of all disciples is to make more disciples. You see, Jesus wants to be sure that this never happens to us that we are never fig trees who forget our purpose, that we don't just focus on what's going on within our churches and our Christian relationships and forget that God is calling us to move beyond the walls, that we don't just let Christian be a name we call ourselves, but that we realize that Jesus is giving us the opportunity to be transformed so that our whole lives speak to God's glory so that our every action is seen through the lens of how we can share the good news of Jesus with others, so that when people see us, they can't help but want to worship God. This is who Jesus is giving us the opportunity to be. And so today, I want to invite you to rise up and seize this opportunity. Don't allow yourself to become a dead fig tree. Don't allow the church to become a dead fig tree. Move beyond the walls of church, beyond the walls of your computer screen or your phone screen and spread the good news. Let the whole world know that the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. They will bear no fruit. Because they are keeping the people away from the ability to build their own ecclesia. This is a Greek word that has been synonymous with church. So if you translate it, it means church. But in fact, it means a gathering of citizens, like outside of their comfort zones, like their house or whatever, or assembling somewhere. It could be on the internet. It could be in person. They would get together and congregate. When they created the New Testament, they translated that word as church, but it actually meant the gathering of citizens. And so what I have seen, and I've told you guys in, in, in Greece, I, I, my family owns a stretch of land, and at the back of it is a fig tree that does have fruit. <laughs> And it has itchy, I, the first interaction I ever had with it, it has this white goo that comes out of it to deter um, predators that can make your hands itch. And the leaves make you itch too. But the fruit is amazing. So it comes out of a very itchy place, but the fruit is amazing. And it is important that I showcase this because this is what's happening. Everything this man said is exactly what we can apply to what is going on. 
There was a tree that supposedly bared fruit that everyone felt mesmerized. It was a click. You're not in the in crowd, so the people cannot go into that space. And while others are like, no, there is no in crowd. Come on in. We are the in crowd. Come on, right? Let's get the job done. Let's hold them accountable. Let's get going. We're in the in crowd. No. And that was the gatekeeping that those that thought were more important kept the others out. No, we're special. We all resonate together. This is a group. Okay, shut up. The reason I'm telling you this is because a lot of people love to be feeling like they're in the in crowd. But you judge a tree by its fruit. And so many of you have to think, as I have coined the fig tree, and it's been like that, passed down generation, generation. When I asked my grandfather, hey, why do we have that tree? It's like so random. It's all olive groves here. He said, you always have the tree of Satan in your land. And I said, why? Because then that way you sequester it to sit there. It'll bear fruit that will attract and the thing is, you don't eat it. And then I, I was crying because I ate a fig, right? I was a kid, right? I was a kid. I remember how devastated I was. You know, it was the first time that I was raking leaves. And, you know, funny story, I put my little cousin on the ladder in front of me. And my grandfather had just eaten sardines. So, you know, his face was right on his butt. Wasn't a nice one. I was like, he was, he's younger than me by a couple of years. So he was maybe about five. I was maybe about eight. Right. And, you know, then I ran down the whole olive grove to the back and I started climbing in the fig tree because it was the only different tree and it was shorter and I was able to get in and that's where my hands were itching. And my grandfather told me that it's Satan's. That's where evil lies. And he explained to me that, uh, you know, you always have that one tree that hangs the fruit so low that anyone can grab. And yet it doesn't always bear fruit, almost like uh, the harvest. Uh, olives will give you the best oil every four years and not every year, right? It's very rare that you will get it every year. And this is exactly where we're at, you know, seeing this psychological operation from China. And I had this conversation on WeChat with my Chinese listeners, right? Um, and, you know, while all of them were reveling in the fact that, you know, hey, you did this to us. So, you know, this is your fucking Wuhan, right? I was trying to explain to them, well, without using Christianity, because I don't want myself to be flagged, right? The Chinese have my device ID. You know, I never turn that phone on. It's always on a Faraday bag, except for when I use it to get on WeChat. And so when I, when I, when I had this conversation and we were, it was a, you know, a good chunk. It was like a quarter million people on that, you know, and we only do 30 minute bursts. The conversation that I had with them is, you know, all of you are supposedly looking for a more unified China, you know, and a more independent China that gives you opportunities, yet you're still stuck in the whole, you know, rut of abiding by the way the CCP has established society. And so I take that and I'm bringing it here to you. Many people out there, 
on in the cyberspace, you know, in the media industry and in, in just your communities have focused on the time where they believe that they grabbed that low hanging fruit in 2018, where everyone was just high on sharing information and addicted to Twitter and, and, and just, ah, right. I'm special. And now it has no fruit. You have to think what fruit has any of, has anything provided to you? Let's pretend you subscribe to the group that hates all the generals, hates all the influencers. I mean, apparently I'm Assad, fuck's sake, right? I mean, I'd seriously need a bingo card. I even put that on Twitter that, uh, you know, we can all pick all the agencies people say I work for. Well, <laughs> this is, let's pretend all those people there that follow that logic of hate. That's all you're getting from there. Hate because you're hungry and you have no fruit to eat. And if you look at all these other Anon channels or media influencers that are giving you information, I want you to sit and think of what they have provided you as a person. Every single one of us has a talent, something that we can hone in on. There's someone that's great with numbers, someone that's great with music, someone that's great with art, knitting, cooking, right? You all have a knack. It could be just standing on your toes better than ballerinas, whatever that is. You do that shit to the best of your ability to serve those around you. I mean, you know, everybody can do that. I've said this before. There are so many out there that are complaining and demand answers. When is this going to happen? Why are you waiting around? What are you doing? Let's get to work. When is that going to happen? Get to work. But the problem is, is that, and I've had this conversation with a couple of people that are allegedly influence status. You need to start doing things, not because you're going to get subscriptions or money or notoriety or in the media or retweeted, retruthed, thumped. You got to do it because you're doing it for the people that you're contributing. You're using what you have to give to the people. If you're a storyteller, tell a story. These are the things we should be doing united. But unfortunately, it's all about them getting compensation and satisfaction and stability. And I'm going to be really raw here. Okay, for a second before I take a break. People are so upset that people raise funds for me to get a car. People are so upset that they have, and you know, the, 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 the bank account that was closed now was just one that really hurt because I didn't expect it. Okay. They've done this to me before. Remember, I'm banned from PayPal. I'm banned from Venmo. I'm banned personally from Cash App, not my business, personally from Cash App, right? They've shut down all my personal pores of everything. And you know what? And, they and I still haven't gotten hungry. And that irritates the shit out of them. And it's not jealousy. See, I thought it was jealousy, it's because they're mad at themselves that when they don't do things with the right intentions, they get 
nothing. And they're mad at themselves. It's not me. It's themselves. How is she doing? How am I grifting? I work my ass off. Day and night. Grifting means that I'm not doing anything. I have been producing radio shows for six years. And for the first four, I didn't have any income from it. And yesterday I had a conversation with someone in regards to the whole WeChat thing and in the evening and everything. And I thought to myself, you know, here's a little bit naked so you guys see where I'm coming from. Most people know the monsters and the giants that I've tackled with and went to war with. We're talking, you know, attorney generals. We're talking agency heads, FBI heads. I haven't been rolled up. She's not being rolled up because they can't. There is nothing they can find to say that I've committed anything. And not only that, well, hopefully next week I can give you a little bit more insight on that too. Because, you know, you never tell people what you're doing, but this is another time and place. So there we go. I feel that people really don't understand. And this is what is hated. I have been humiliated on a global scale. And they had every right to humiliate me. I was married to someone and I had no idea what they were doing. But I do know that it's because I traveled a lot and because, you know, I was projecting my guilt that I wasn't telling my family what I was doing. So I would just dismiss it as me reflecting um, you know, dishonesty or I don't, that doesn't smell right because of my dishonesty for them not knowing what I'm doing. And I have been completely humiliated. They took everything from me. And they not only humiliated me, but they targeted my children too. And I say this and people are like, you can't say that. I did come to that point where I don't even know how the days went by, but it was that one day that I remembered words from a very long time ago that Father Paisios, now named St. Paisios, had told me as a young child. And I was ready to just end it. I was like, I think I still have my SGLI. I have this. I have that. My kids will be fine. I just can't handle this. And I was ready to go. I was like, God, I'm sorry. I feel forsaken. You know, that's it. It's over. Like, I'm doing this. And it was that point that I remember those exact words were read back to me where, you know, years ago told me, you'll be at a position to do this and you're going to say that. And it's at that point that you're going to be like, you know what? No, you take care of it. I'm all yours. And that is exactly where I am. If, uh, and I think maybe the humiliation was necessary because that's how the devil fights you. And the fact that people that claim are Christians continue that humiliation, right, is disgusting to me. The fact that people don't see who my enemies and who I went to battle with, who are now dead, who are now known as criminals, who everything that I've reported about the Chinese bases, the Chinese purchases, the, the, the you know, all of this, that was happening, even the railways, even the water, even the trafficking, everything has come true later because obviously 
Justice never comes in in a Ferrari, comes in on a donkey. And so what hurts me more is to see that people, uh, you know, uh, amplify feelings of hate and fear rather than feelings of, you know what, we're all in this together. We are one. Because a united America is an unstoppable America. And we should not be picking at people with disdain. We should not be projecting our negative intentions, our self-loathe, right, on others. We need to be united as one front. And as I see the disinformation being amplified, you know, to, the, to my Chinese listeners, I urged that they not perpetuate. I understand their anger and their loathe for the United States. I understand it. But they also understand that the people didn't partake in it. It's the leadership that's never elected. It's just like the CCP, only we have the illusion that we have choices. Because if we actually had a choice, we wouldn't have someone in office that can't tie a shoe and have a DO say that he's healthy as a horse when we can see he can't even walk at all, let alone his mental faculties. Like he has no faculties, period. He's checked out, like gone. And I urge all of you that can hear this. Stop trying to chase the paper dollar dollar. Stop trying to sell your gold, your books, your socks, your tickets, your subs. Focus on putting fruit out because hungry people will rush to your tree. And if you have fruit, then all of you will share it together. And there's so much out there that needs to be done before the inevitable happens. And the inevitable is something that was spoken about over 20 years ago. Borders will be redrawn. Cities will be different than countries. Water will be very difficult to find. This is what we need to be doing. Taking a step back. How many times have people say, why aren't you talking about this? Because you never just jump on a story. Because you don't want to see, you know, what happened. Oh, this person dropped dead. You can mention this person dropped dead. I don't know why. You take a step back. You let it simmer. You see all the narratives come in front of you, kind of like a digital wall. And then you're like, all right, what am I missing here? See, that's where the truth lies. In the stories that they're not telling you. In the stories that they're creating on top of it. Like when I saw Jack Posobiec, (sighs) speaking of Chinese assets. So when I was, uh, you know, when I saw Jack Posobiec, tweet out a river with oil slick. Oh, what the funk is this? And it's like, don't be dumb. You've been on boats before. You were in the fucking Navy. You know that's oil slick. You know they use gas. You know there's going to be residue that's coming down from the sky, from the explosion. The question we should be asking is, you know, 
DeWine himself said it's a one mile radius for the shrapnel. If the shrapnel is going one mile radius, then it didn't just be torched. It was exploded. So what did you use and why did you explode? And why didn't we explode the stuff in the other train derailments that had the same damn chemicals? Those are questions people should be asking. Hence, you know, we're going to be tipping in, in the future a ton more railroads until people start asking the right questions. I mean, what are the coincidences that all of them fell? Are you going to tell me all the tracks were laid out by the same person? Fuck no. No, they're going to tell you it was a cyber attack on our infrastructure because this is why they had the whole water checking thing and the whole railroad thing and they didn't let us strike and the thing is the railroad people fuck you you guys had railroad retirement has anyone looked at the type of retirement that the railroads get compared to social security that's all they want and the thing is they want to strike because they need more benefits more this more that just regulations because they're getting worked to the bone but on the other hand what they don't see these railroad workers that should be speaking up and their railroad boards should be speaking up is that social security wants to confiscate your assets because you are not investing them in the loser things that amalgamated bank is selling this is key there are so many factors it'll have you spinning in circles to keep your finger on all of it lucky for you you have me that can keep an eye on multiple balls at the same time probably because i have most of them in my purse So there's a lot going on, a lot of factors. And like I said, the first thing you need to look at is just how caught off guard DeWine was when this happened. It wasn't supposed to happen like that. And then it was told, you better amplify the shit. And he amplified it by arresting a journalist that was uh, wrong. And are they going to pursue charges? Probably not because it was set to be done like this. And that is a problem. We're not looking at the bigger picture and we're not revisiting history to see what may have changed or what has not changed. 2000 elephants. (laughs) We had 2000 elephants. Elephants have a really good memory. Elephants have a sense of community. Elephants, you know, when an elephant dies, elephants will actually collect sticks and stuff and bury it kind of like cover it when it dies. And years later, they'll come and visit the grave. Did you know that? That's a fun fact. 2,000 of them. That's it. Per se. So before we switch gears and start talking about, you know, hey, George Soros just, you know, (laughs) endorsed DeSantis. No shit. Remember when he did it with Kamala? Where's she now? We should be talking about Russia because it'll be very interesting to see how they're going to spin this into our infrastructure, our livelihood infrastructure, electricity, and water. You remember when they hacked the water in Florida and increased the lie? Do you remember that? Where you could have died and it just so happened that a guy actually saw it happening because he was paying attention to the screen, that people in Florida didn't die, that the increase in lie in the water, do you remember that? See, people forget. Elephants don't. Real elephants don't. And I just called most of you and myself a fucking elephant, not (laughs) fat shaming. So let's take a quick break and sing Hosanna. The rocks will sing it too. See you in two minutes. Hosanna, Hosanna. All of my heart is crying. Hosanna, Hosanna. He's coming back soon. We need him more than ever. All of my heart is crying, Hosanna He's raising up a standard Hosanna, Hosanna We need to wake up, acknowledge His presence When He comes in and you what He's saying 
that's right, we need the truth I hope that audio came in well. Um, so let's shift gears. But we should focus on the notion of unity and understanding. We need to go back in time and see what leaders have said. And then we need to see their interactions in order to understand where we're at now. Remember, just like the music that I've been playing from the beginning of this show, What's intended for evil can quickly be morphed into something good. See, you can take those songs that were intended for evil and make them into good. See, I've talked about frequencies many times. I've also expressed to you in science, right? Science terms, how you're just a clump of cells. And as a clump of cells, you're a clump of atoms. And all these atoms resonate. How do we see this in an easy way? Cyberspace. Can you touch it? Can you feel it? Can you put it in a box and say, oh, look here, I'm giving you a little bit of cyberspace. You can't. It was actually dubbed the Worldwide Galactic Network, right? At first, right? It was like a galactic network, intergalactic network. It's almost like it's just in the ether, isn't it? You can grab an information highway now from your phone and access it. And there are certain points where it's amplified, almost like where those singing rocks are. Really want to do that experiment. So want to. Um... Hopefully, I will get to that at some point, or you guys can do it. It'll be a fun thing if you're in the area in Pennsylvania or Montana to test it out. But then no one invented it. If you actually look at the history of the internet, no one actually invented the internet. It just was. It's almost like no one invented soil. It's not like, you know, some guy was like, I'm inventing soil. They just realized that if they put a seed in there, oh, look, a plant. Oh, I guess it's the environment where it fosters it. Oh, that's so cool. No one invented swimming pools. <laughs> All they did was like, oh, when you go into the ocean and you swim, it's totally fun. It would be nice if I could have it somewhere where I'm not in the ocean. So let me dig a hole and take that and put it there and use it how I like. Frequencies. How do you get radio? Oh, ham radios will work, but everything else, why? What is the difference in the frequency? Ionosphere, stratosphere. But what about the people sphere? I had explained to you guys a long time ago where I played that. Let me see if I can find it, actually. I think it's a good reminder, so that way you can see how much you're missing out. Let me find it. Um, okay, it's in a cartoon, so we can watch it in a cartoon. I've talked about this before, but I actually showed, I think I showed like the actual video video of the researchers. I don't remember. We're going to revisit this for a second because I think 
I think it's extremely important that we do. And maybe it'll be more understandable as to my 1% comment where many people take it and they just go. But maybe you'll understand cyberspace better with this um, notion. Let's go. 52, on the island of Koshima, scientists were observing the makaka Japanese monkeys, providing them sweet potatoes dropped in the sand. The monkeys did not mind eating the sandy potatoes until a young monkey started washing potatoes in a nearby stream. Only 99 monkeys learned and became adapted to washing the potatoes to eat in six years' time. In autumn 1958, the day after the 100th monkey started washing the potatoes before eating, all the monkeys started washing the sweet potatoes. This phenomenon has been named the 100th monkey effect. Theoretically, as you reach a critical mass audience, you will have reached all the audience. Critical mass audience refers to the target audience of the brand. The process of speed media, while reaching the target audience, is handled systematically through cooperation and math-oriented joint study of the departments of marketing math, human math, design math, operation math. In order to deploy the resources in an optimum manner, it is important to read data, trust numbers, and be rational. Marketing math gathers data from across all marketing channels and consolidates it into a common marketing view. It simplifies and visualizes complex and big data sets, then analyzes these data sets using statistics and mathematics to quantify the relationship. Human math questions the target audience behavior. Not only from heuristic perspective, it also explains the character of the target audience within the creative rational mathematical models. Human math plays a critical role in the healthy journey of the brand's message to consumers. This view leads us to optimum return on investment. Effectiveness is the core aim of Speed's efforts for her clients. In light of our findings from the data and insight, Design Math lays out the required operations in order to realize the marketing solutions with the desired outcomes and introduces creative projects that fit the communication needs of the client. In accordance with the predetermined main strategy, Operation Math creates the optimum media planning and buying strategies, puts the required operational steps into action, follows the process, evaluates, and reports the results. The solution and the results should also be rationable and measurable in Speed's system, in which all the processes are built around math and creative rationality. Speed Media employs SAT score evaluations which are used to monitor and audit the marketing operation processes through 72 steps that are required for the optimum media planning. For Speed, being rational also refers to being dynamic, flexible, and creative enough to go beyond the limiting numerical borders and think outside the box. Creative rationality is seeing two dots that fall outside the box while trying to solve the puzzle of drawing four straight lines that pass through nine dots. Speed media. Read data, trust numbers, be rational. Be rational or just being a click. See, the thing that's missing from this, and this is the lesson that all mainstream media psyopers learn, this is PSYOPs 101, what they tend to omit is that in the 100th monkey experiment that was 
conducted and observed on an island. Monkeys that never interacted, they don't have phones, they don't have internet, they don't have Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Telegram, they don't have anything, okay? Monkeys on another island, far, far away, that had no interaction with the monkeys washing the sweet potatoes, started to wash sweet potatoes, which means that there must have been some form of communication within that species. And that's the also issue. There are multiple species that are now dwelling on the face of this rock, allegedly. So they were simply vibing. You mean sending it out on a frequency? You mean the internet with no computer, no phone, no device? See, when I talk about the 1%, I talk about the 1% that's been washing potatoes. And I'm seeing in this moment, we are at the precipice completely. Like this is where we're at the edge of the cliff and we decide if we're taking a step in faith or if we're falling over. And we're right there. I've already expressed to you that, you know, documents from two different branches of service were leaked to me and they've already spelled it out that we're going to war in 2025 with China because Taiwan has elections in 2024. We're going to be distracted with our elections in 2024. And here we are. In the meantime, chaos has been ensuing in the United States. Uh, almost like I said, it's going to be lit. UFOs, balloons, State of the Unions, derailments, truck topplovers, helicopters just crashing. Now we have, what do they call it? They nuked us. Oh, almost like I knew. Water's tainted, but it's not. It is. Look, ah, ooh, because you're trusting the laboratories that are doing. Well, I'll do it myself. Okay, then do it. But I'm going to go to a laboratory that's going to give me the results because that laboratory does not have any federal contracts or state contracts because that laboratory is going to put their name on it and say that XYZ is present or not. Fear sells. I mean, the amount of discussions and shows and bringing on these actors that are reading literal scripts on their channels. The Twitter space is like, my God, you're listening to them and they're all these people opining with whatever facts the media gave them. The, the media also gave you facts that there was a Russia hoax. Uh, sorry, it wasn't a hoax. To them, it was really real, <laughs> right? They gave you so much. They all thought that if they can use a hundred mon monkey effect, both sides, that they can divide you enough, that they can sequester power and control enough. I mean, sometimes I just look at my telegram channels and I see all these influencers saying the same shit, copy, paste, share, boom. And it's almost instant. And I'm like, oh, this is them trying to promote the hundredth monkey effect. They don't want you thinking for yourself. They're going to tell you what to think. They don't want you asking questions. They're going to answer them for you before you ask them. 
we're at that point because we're not listening carefully to what has been said. See, what another person says or does can't annoy you, irritate you, and, and, and unless you accept them to disturb you, right? The only way someone can annoy you, irritate you, is through your own thought, right? This is covenant. When we get angry, we generate emotions of rage. When we're betrayed, we generate emotions responding to that betrayal, that be rage, anger, skeeve. I mean, look at them. You see it on the court documents. They're either lying or playing a role, but they're not honest. Uh, not honest. They're completely dishonest. Dishonest. Because I know there's a lot of people out there like me, sort of, that can rip the Band-Aid off because they have more reach. I, I would beg to differ because... Well, where they can actually go behind the internet and actually show, you know, show Laura Ingram sitting in the back seat of that car talking with the person saying, you know, this is really fucked up, but you know, I don't want to be on the street like the rest of them. Dead serious. If you think that every single move you make, every single thought you project into manifestation, meaning you speak it isn't documented or recorded and filed away, you're, you're mistaken. You need to have strength and felicity and find an unbroken peace at the core of you and listen to it. Because right now, their operation is complete. You cannot trust anyone, and I didn't either. Here's this. So when I was down there for the elections and I provided this information, I saw a lot of sequestration. I saw people that were around me also get kind of, you know, all excited, you know, all these big people. And it's like, <sighs> and I remember, you know, and we all know now, no matter what anybody says, that the affidavit that I produced is a hundred percent spot the fuck on. In fact, all the investigations and everything they've done exhaustively, making money on people, of course, proves that I was 100% correct. In fact, things that are in my affidavit are now being reported as news. <sighs> so when I saw uh, a whistleblower take my words in my information and go and give interviews, I got angry. I was like, oh, this is an operation. They're going to spin it differently. But you know what? I may have been mistaken. Oh, obviously, you know, I was raided. I was being tracked. There were spies everywhere, <laughs> right? And I was kept in a basement and I saw decorated individuals and people that I thought loved America ignore actual information, which told me they were part of an operation that was to counter an operation that already had another counter operation. And I'm sitting there and, you know, a very good friend of mine that I adore. Oh, well, you know, you work for Brennan. So they just think you're running a coin. What the fuck? 
why would I come here and pay a thousand dollars in a cat hotel and go into some weird place and get some vaccine for my cat so that I can take him there? If I'm running it, then I would have been funded. I came by myself. Are you insane? And so his name was Nate Kane. And I remember seeing it. I was like, how are you talking about this? This is my information and I have firsthand knowledge And he looked at me like, trust me, and I did not. And I was in a really, because I was very angry, angry with all around me, everything. But I think he did what he did, and I blocked that. And now I feel kind of guilty because they had maimed me. Like people were mocking me because I had been already humiliated. Remember, Ali Akbar did the whole humiliation ritual on me, right? With Roger Stone's blessing, of course. No one fucks with Roger Stone, except for me, because I'm going to bury you. Bury you, and I will give you what you owe. Now, they humiliated me. And I feel so horrible that I didn't see that, you know, obviously he's the Uranium One whistleblower, right? And I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I see him with this person. I see him with that. I can't trust it. And I think what he was trying to do is use his credibility, the little that he had, to get the job done with my information. And, you know, I sometimes contemplate, pray on it sometimes. I think I had that conversation a couple weeks ago. Like, uh, oh, when I was actually, when I was in the hospital, I had that conversation with someone while I was on morphine and I was all like, you know, drugged up in my hospital bed. And um, I realized that sometimes we use the 100 monkey effect for our benefit. And I disagree with it because using any psychological operation for the sake of good is the wrong way to go because you're still creating influence and power and denying access to people to come into the temple. You're just going to tell them what the temple says. You're not allowed in there. And so I feel horrible. And, and, and at that point, I guess, you know, when you, when you feel that point of, of, of no trust for me, it was like, you know, they're using my words, they're using my, my stuff and what is going on? And my stuff didn't even get to Sidney Powell until the end of November. I realized that the division was a lot deeper than I could even imagine. From people that decided, I want an exit ramp. And I couldn't see it only because I can actually see things. It's kind of like, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, say you're a banker, right? And you see someone's transactions and you see them walking into the Wynn Hotel, right? In Vegas. And they're spending $100 a day. You're instantly going to say, well, I can see that. I know you are a gambler. You're spending $100 a day. But what you didn't know was that they would go there and spend $100 a day because the server that was there, I guess, maybe was a kid and they wanted to make sure that they had, I don't know, people at their table. So they would go spend it because they wanted to sit there and, you know, raise up 
their kid or friend to look like they're doing good, right? Doing good. Because sometimes when you have too much knowledge, you can be very hypercritical. And all of us do that. Because you wouldn't know in the mind of that person that's spending $100 a day at the win that they're actually doing it to help a friend. That they're like, well, rather than eat dinner somewhere else, I'm going to the win to eat dinner. So that way I can have all my friends and whoever's eating dinner with me, right? Oh, Joe's doing such a great job. Thanks. You know, and, and, you know, and I've said this again and again and again. The intention is something that you can't see or, 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 or it's not apparent. Though you can grab it from the ether if you're open enough. Now, a lot of people, ah, it's prayer and meditation. I think, you know, when you focus on what you're doing, you don't do it. Have you ever sat down and said, I'm going to plan my day. So at nine o'clock, I'm going to, it's a Saturday. So I'm going to do my laundry and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And then you finish your list and it's fucking noon. So what happened to all the shit at nine o'clock? You're not doing it because you were focusing so much on trying to find a solution that you're not finding your solution. So intentions are key always. So let's look at an interview that was obviously postured by an MI6 agent with a foreign, with a former um, president that was actually impeached. And you tell me what you think is being said here. Please listen very carefully to this interview because soon things will make sense. Russia, Russia, Russia. Interest for Russia uh, is orchestrating this huge maneuver to remove all of Assad's chemical weapons, well, and it's just going to happen? No, we don't have to believe it. We just have to see what happens and make the most of what happens. Uh, you, you work for the best and prepare for the worst in this business. But I think it would be a terrible mistake not to take advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, look, Mr. Putin, is got, he got all, he's very smart. Well, you know him better than most people. Yeah, I do. Well, what was he like behind closed doors away from, you know, the, sort of the public utterances? Smart and um, remarkably, um, we had a really good, blunt relationship. How blunt? Brutally blunt. Ever but, like, you know, fisticuffs? No, no, but I think, you know, I think the right strategy most of the time is... But it's frustrating to people in your line of work. You should be brutally honest with people in private. And then if you want them to help you, try to avoid embarrassing them in public. Right. Now, sometimes they do things which make it impossible for you to keep quiet. But by and large, I found all the people I dealt with appreciated it if I told them the truth. How I honestly felt and what our interests were and what our objectives were. And they also appreciated it when I didn't kick them around in public for as long as I could and kick them around. So, I, I, you know, that's my experience. And did Putin ever renege on a personal 
no. agreement he made to you? He did not. So behind closed doors, he could be trusted? He kept his word in all the deals we made. I don't know if... Can we really believe that Vladimir Putin, with his own self-interest for Russia, uh, is orchestrating this huge maneuver to remove all of Assad's chemical weapons? Well, and it's just... I want all of you to listen to this again. This is one of the most honest interviews that the real Bill Clinton put out. And I want you to listen to the words as you read what your media executives, he, what he said was, you should be brutally honest with people in private. And what you do is you're brutally honest and you know, you maintain that honesty and you try to keep it to yourself and you don't humiliate them in public. Almost like how President Trump was brutally honest with Roger Stone, but Roger Stone pushed the envelope too much that he filed an FEC filing to say that he has no business with him. Now, none of them wanted to be humiliated. I wrote my article. I choose you, Tucker. See, a lot of people will have to answer these questions. And a lot of you will be tuning in to watch them, which increase their ratings. You need to step away. You need to not watch. You need to step back. Listen carefully to what he says. And I don't know why YouTube was buffering it. I'm playing it again. I was, you know, I'm, I'm cable connected. That's what people do. I don't do Wi-Fi. Again. Take a listen. Is this going to happen? No, we don't have to believe it. We just have to see what happens and make the most of what happens. Uh, you, you work for the best and prepare for the worst in this business. But I think it would be a terrible mistake not to take advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, look. Mr. Putin has got, he got all, he's very smart. You know him better than most people. Yeah, I do. Well, what was he like behind closed doors away from, you know, the sort of the public utterances? Smart and um, remarkably, um, we had a really good blunt relationship. How blunt? Brutally blunt. Ever but like, you know, fisticuffs? No, no, but I think, you know, I think the right strategy most of the time is but it's frustrating to people in your line of work. You should be brutally honest with people in private. And then if you want them to help you, try to avoid embarrassing them in public. Right. Now, sometimes they do things which make it impossible for you to keep quiet. But by and large, I found all the people I dealt with appreciated it if I told them the truth. Deputy How I honestly felt and what our interests were and what our objectives were. And they also appreciated it when I didn't kick him around in public for as long as I couldn't kick him around. So, I, I, you know, that's my experience. And did Putin ever renege on a personal no, agreement he made to you? he did not. So behind closed doors, he could be trusted? He kept his word in all the deals we made. He kept his word in all the deals we made. He was honest. And he wouldn't kick him around in public unless... He couldn't not kick him around in public anymore. I mean, the same goes for all of us, right? You might have a neighbor and you might know, hey, you know, you're like playing all righteous and stuff, but here you are sneaking around with the other neighbor 
And then one day you find out that that neighbor that's sneaking around with the other neighbor is, you know, telling people shit about you. And you're like, okay, like, no, fucked around. Now you're going to find out. The one thing is being able to take people at their word. What did President Trump do throughout all of his administration? He had integrity. He was blunt. He was as honest as he could be. And for the sake of the media and optics and not publicly shaming people for being not who they say they are, he's sucked it up a lot because he knows that if he disrupts that, then how? He utilizes them as he can. Because unfortunately, it's not just them that he has to worry about. Right? You can't, you know, throw them around in public because then you know, no one's going to listen to you. It's like people that share your screenshots. After that, you don't talk to them. You're just like, fuck you. I can't be brutally honest with you in private. Fuck you. Right? So I will take you to a shouting match. I want to remind you of a shouting match that the president had over four years ago. Brutally honest. But he could have fucking pulled out, hey, Schumer, you did this. Hey, Pelosi, I have this. Because remember, he has access to everything. I mean, if I have access to quantum, do you not think he does? So again, take a listen to this interview. So that way you can see where we're at with information because it's very key. And you'll see that next week. But we may not, uh, we may not have an agreement today. We probably won't. Uh, but we have an agreement on other things that are really good. Nancy, would you like to say something? Well, thank you, Mr. President, for the opportunity to meet with you uh, so that we can work together in a bipartisan way uh, to meet the needs of the American people. I think the American people recognize that we must keep government open, that a shutdown is not worth anything, and that you should not have a Trump shutdown. Uh, you have the, oh, the oh, White House. Did you say Trump? Oh, oh. You have the White House. Go you have the Senate. You have the House of Representatives. You have the votes. You should pass no, it. No, we right don't have now. the votes, Nancy, because in the Senate we need 60 no, votes. No, no, but in the House. And we don't you have. You could bring it up right now. Yeah, but today. I can't. Excuse me. But I can't get it passed in the House if it's not going to pass in the Senate. I don't want to waste time. Well, you, well the fact is you can get it started that way. The and House we can get passed very easily. Okay, and we do. do. But do the it. problem is the Senate, because we need 10 Democrats to vote, no, and no, they won't the vote. That's not the point, Mr. President. The point is, is that there are equities to be weighed. And we're here to have a conversation in a prayerful way, so I don't think we should have a debate Correct. in front of the press on this. But the fact is the Senate, the House... Republicans could bring up this bill if they had the votes immediately and set the tone for what you want. If we thought we were going to get it passed in the Senate, Nancy, we would do it immediately. We'd get it passed very easily in the House. No, we would get it, Nancy, I'd have it passed in two seconds. It doesn't matter, though, because we can't get it passed in the Senate because we need 10 Democrat votes. So let me, uh, let me put you in on this. We had the House, we had the Senate. And we got nothing passed. And Nancy's like, well, you could do it. And, and, and he's like, no, I can't. Because then you and the Senate are going to change the shit I want. So you could put your pork in it. And I'm not going to get 10 Democrats to vote on it. <laughs> it almost sounds and feels like, you know, investigations that are going around right now throughout the nation. Like, for example, corrupt states like Ohio, like Iowa, like North Dakota. You know, you're going to see them... <sighs> 
doing the same thing that Nancy has. Well, no, 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 no. You can do this. No, I can't do this. I got to shut it down. I got to shut it down. I got to put people in their place. I got to shut it down. And it's not happening like this. No, 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 no. You can. We can negotiate. There's no negotiation. We can't do it. And I'm not starting something that I can't finish. And if I have to finish, I will shut your building down. End of story. If you're not handing over information. Or I'm not going to start a bill if you're going to sit there and you're going to alter it in the Senate to put your pork in it. I mean, this applies, this notion applies to a lot of things. Let's go. Again, let us have our conversation, then we can meet with the press again. But the fact is, is that uh, legislating, which is what we do, you begin, you make your your point, you state your case, that's what the House Republicans could do if they had the votes. But there are no votes in the House, a majority of votes, for a wall. No matter where you start. If I needed the votes for the wall in the House, I would have them in one session. It would be done. It doesn't help because we need 10 Democrats in the Senate. Put it on the Senate. Put it on on a negotiation. Okay, let me ask you this. Just and we're doing this in a very friendly manner. It doesn't help for me to take a vote in the House where I will win easily with the Republicans. It doesn't help to take that vote because I'm not going to get the vote. So he will not win. She said it. She's, she said, you will not win in the House, even though they're Republicans. She knew. And as you can see, her etiquette was perfect in front of the camera, right? In front of the camera, she was perfect. We shouldn't have this in front of the press. We shouldn't be talking about this in front of the press. And she was like, Mr. President, Mr. President. It's almost, you know, like they were creating, uh, she's trying to create an illusion that she's very amicable and she's giving solutions when she's not. Because she's just told him, you're not going to get it through the house. Done. I want you guys to just take a pause for a second as this argument continues, because it's very important to pay attention. They tell you everything they do. We have been exposed to so many false flag operations and so many real operations that then we've called false flags because we can't see them. That now, anywhere they shut you down, you will think it's a false flag operation when it's actually probably a raid. So if you're in a corrupt state right now and you hear like, where was it, Michigan, did they have the shooting or in Missouri? You're, you're going to have what? Maybe a federal building or maybe a state building, maybe a university, maybe a school, all locked down, not a school. I would say universities because that's where they hide most of their shit, right? Didn't Stanford just bail out the FTX guy? And apparently the FTX guy owns a lot of money to Stanford. So if you see universities go down, usually they have relationships with financial institutions, uh, you know, like big things like banks, like state banks or Vatican's. So you need to be focused on understanding that, like Pelosi said, he may not have the house even though he did. We had Republican majority. He may not have the Senate, even though we had majority. And he may not have the FBI or the CIA. But he does have the people and good people behind him. And he's a lot smarter. My statements apply to various situations that you are going to be hearing about in the next four days. Now let's continue with this argument because you need to see what kind of president you had in office and that these journalists and influencers have skewed and destroyed and garbage talked. Just pay attention here. 
vote of the Senate. Senate. I need 10 senators. That's Mr. the President, problem. You have the White House. You have the Senate. I have the you White have House. The, the House White House is done. And the House would give me the vote if I wanted it. But I can't because well, I need, can't. Nancy, I need 10 votes from Chuck. No, All right, let me President, say something let me here. Let me just say one thing. The fact is, you do not have the votes in the House. Nancy, I do. And we need well, border security. Nancy, we'll Nancy, we need border security. It's very simple. Of course we do. We need border security. People are pouring into our country, including terrorists. We have terrorists. We caught 10 terrorists over the last very short period of time. 10. These are very serious people. Our border agents, all of our law enforcement has been incredible what they've done. But we caught 10 terrorists. These are people that were looking to do harm. We need the wall. We need, more important than anything, we need border security, of which the wall is just a piece. But it's important. Chuck, did you want to say something? Yeah, here's what I want to say. We have a lot of disagreements here. The Washington Post today gave you a whole lot of Pinocchios because they say you constantly misstate how much the wall is built, how much of the wall is built, and how much is there. But that's not the point here. We have a disagreement about the wall, Washington whether Post. it's effective or whatever. Not on border security, but on the wall. We do not want to shut down the government. You have called 20 times to shut down the government. You say, I want to shut down the government. We don't. We want to come to an agreement. If we can't come to an agreement, we have solutions that will pass the House and Senate right now and will not shut down the government. But we need to shut down the government, don't we? Do we not need to shut down the government? Because the government is passing a bill to give every single member of Congress two and a half million dollars so they can protect themselves. They've got a lot of shit they can push. Now, keep in mind, this is over four years old. <laughs> Same shenanigans over again. But I want you guys to see how they were like, all right, Trump wants to do this. I want you to look at his face. I, you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm frustrated, like when I was being interviewed by the Koreans this morning, right? It, it was, you know, a 15 minute interview you know, promoting their, their movements to unify Korea that you're not talking about and no one is talking about because there's nothing, you know, because I hear it from fucking people that are thirsty as shit. Where's the evidence? Well, I, I can't go to Korea to bring it to you. And the media will not put it out there. And when I get interviewed by the Korean channels, I have an agreement that I will not share that on U.S. soil, right? So, again taking with a little massive grain of a salt field. Everything you hear is an operation. Every talking head you see can't stand President Trump, yet they want him on his show because he attracts numbers and they get rich. They all thump each other at his expense. They're picking at him like hyenas. They all want to be him and they can't be him. I can show you influencers that President Trump has even gone on their show. And you think he doesn't know? Hmm? Where they're like, I don't know. He just surrounds himself with stupid people. He's so stupid. Wait, let me give you the exact phrase. A very big influencer said, I don't know, man. He's not going to run anymore. You know, he can't. It's like a... Everyone's tired. You know, I just have them on. That's when I get my most sales too anyway. So I, you know, I'm reading this off. I'm reading this off and thinking, you think he doesn't see it now? You think he doesn't see it? 
You think he can't see who they are? No lie will lie. It will be revealed and it will be standing tall for everyone to see. And you are seeing that. Oh, he says such amazing things. All those interviews, all those let's back Trump. But that's because they just wanted him on their show to make money. They have to play their role of we're the other side. We are, you know, conservatives. No, you're not. You're sellouts to the very people you say that you opine on your own. You're saying, you know, we miss Rush, don't we? I miss Rush. Because he gave zero fucks about what somebody else had to say. And the thing is, the stations couldn't cancel him because he was too big by then. He was in 10 years. You can't just cancel him because people will just follow him in this day and age. So let's just take him out. We can't have Rush around here when stuff like this happens. See, these are the things, the little things that people don't see. The little umphs of burst. This picture, this still of his face, where he even looked to Pence. He's like, oh my God, he's telling me the Washington Post said so. Yeah, because that is an asset of the CIA and other intelligence agencies. So you have to ask yourself, all these people that are organized and sharing the same message and promoting and, oh, and they hate me because I cursed them to have no fruit. Well, I didn't. We did. Why? Because you're giving us no fucking fruit. You're giving us hopium. You're selling your stupid shit and you're not giving us direction. You're talking as if you're, you know, some person in the know. Why can't you be like, be like Rush? <laughs> Hashtag be like Rush, right? Be yourself. Don't have your producers put something together or some thirsty in intern that wants to be big put stuff together. That's where you lose everything. You know, I, I had a conversation with my friend that came to, to organize the bedroom, to revamp it into a studio, right? So I'm in the process of doing that. And, you know, I, I, I had a click of thought at that point. Why can't I get shit done fast enough? And then the person says, well, because you don't work with a lot of people. And that's true. Because once you delegate to an intern or someone outside of your private sphere where you can have frank conversations, right? And have pure felicity when you're having this conversation. Then you lose it. Because the more you expand, and that's the thing. And, 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 and I realized that. There were so many good people with a genuine voice that when they were embraced, and boy, are they kicking themselves in their ass right now for not embracing me. They fucked up. They know. I've seen the decks. <laughs> and it's like, that's because God did that. And that's why they chose the humiliation route. And then those that they, you know, ousted from the community of journalism, they ousted because they were like, they're empty shells. They're just thirsty. When we need them, we'll throw them a bone. And maybe at some point, you know, they'll be so rabid that they'll eat their own and their own friends and family that we can buy them off and then destroy the friends and family. That's, that's how they operate. 
And I say this because the shouting match between Schumer, Pelosi, and President Trump, just by watching it without even hearing their words, you can see exactly what the dynamic is and what is happening. And the president is at the point right now where people are like, yeah, he might not run. He has the worst people around him. And everyone is being attacked. Everyone is being mind hacked. And then you have all these stupid factions around him. And this is why when he took the decision about a month ago to just cut off all the influencers, no more, we're not playing anymore, we're done. He did cut them off. It has been so much better. And not only that, he's starting to utilize his platform in a way where he can showcase the bullshit and make his own statements too. (sighs) I don't know how he kept his cool. I'm starting to understand it. This is his flipping table moment. Enjoy this. Let me just put it back a couple seconds so you can hear Schumer sounding so reasonable, of course. If we can't come to an agreement, we have solutions that will pass the House and Senate right now and will not shut down the government. And that's what we're urging you to do. Not threaten to shut down the government because you, you let me just finish because you can't get your way. Let me say something, Mr. President. You just say my way or we'll shut down the government. We have a proposal that Democrats and Republicans will support to do a CR that will not shut down the government. We urge you to take it. And if it's not good border security, I it won't take it. It is very good border security. And if it's security. not good border security, I won't take it. It's what the Because when you look at these numbers of the effectiveness of our border security, and when you look at the job that we're doing you with our military. You just said it is effective. Can I, be, can I tell you something? Yeah, you just said Without it's effective. Without a wall, these are only areas where you have the walls. We want to do Where this. you have walls, Chuck, it's effective. We, where you don't have walls, it is not effective. Yeah. Let's call a halt to this. We've come in here as the first branch of government, Article One, the legislative branch. We're coming in in good faith to negotiate with you about how we can keep the government open. We're going to keep it open if we have border security. If we don't have border security, Chuck, we're not going to keep it open. I'm with you. We are going to have border security. And it's the same border. You're bragging about what has been done. We want to do the same thing we did last year, this year. That's our proposal. If it's good then, it's good now, and it won't shut down the government. Chuck, we can build a much much bigger section with more money. Let's debate in private, okay? Yeah, let's debate in private. Devoid, frankly, of fact, and we we can. We need border security. I think we all agree that we need border security. Yes, we do. Good, we do. See, we get along. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Border security and the wall. Can you have border security without the wall? No, you need you need the wall. Security. The wall is a part Are of border security. What it means to have border security. Yeah. Yes. We need Mr. border security. The yes. wall is a part of border security. You can't have very good border security without the wall. That's no. Absolutely not true. Just that is a political promise. Border security is a way to effectively honor our responsibility. And the experts say you can do border security without a wall, which is wasteful and doesn't solve the problem. It, it okay. totally solves but the I problem. I take this. I, and it's very important. this has spiraled downward when we came at a place to say, how do we meet the needs of American people who have needs? The, the economy has its... Uh, yeah, we need organ. The jobs, yeah, markets in a mood. Our members are already... Well, left we have the home. lowest unemployment that we've had in 50 years. Okay. 60 people of, of the Republican Party have lost it, are losing their offices now because of the transition. There, people are not... The morale and we've gained in the Senate. Nancy, the we've gained in the Senate. Excuse me, did we win the Senate? We won the Senate. 
When the president brags that he won North Dakota and Indiana, he's in real trouble. When I it's almost as if Chuck Schumer was telling him. When the president brags that he won Indiana and North Dakota, he's in big trouble. Now let's think. In North Dakota, when we were making waves to try to get this wall to stop this illicit trafficking, which by the way, this will be on a show at a later date, possibly for chapter two and chapter six. I'm going to tell you the real story about fucking Epstein and I'm going to tell it to you straight because you know, rabbit holes, huh? They look, they come in different colors and different hues. They could be white. They could be cream. They could be red and they can be fucking blue. Tell you what. And this is something that I've been, you know, forgiveness is very difficult. You have to release it. It's toxic. And I've just got one lingering, you know, complaint where I'm like, I know I have to release this, but I can't on a personal level. Pedophiles like little children because they like dominance. So if you think that all of these pedophiles were hanging out on Epstein Island because they were having sex with kids and they were all fucking scientists, you're dumb. See, he would lure them in, obviously, the kids uh, being sexually exploited, right? Michael Wolf was on his jet getting fellatio from a prepubescent teen. And yet he sits there and talks from a position of authority. I had people calling me out for, you know, going after the attorney general, yet his cousin is the head of Oxygen and Nickelodeon and is sitting on Epstein's jet, including him. Who owns banking? And so let's go back to North Dakota where Hoven, a Republican allegedly, who was governor and ran the State Bank of North Dakota. Damn, that is one of the biggest washing machines. It puts LG, Samsung, and Maytag way to shame. He then becomes senator for like forever, has his own bank. And what he does is he has shell companies, 17, 18, I think it's up to 22 now at the same address. And all he does is buy mineral interests. He was the first one that invested into ventilators right before COVID hit. And then he was the one promoting to use electronics and facial recognition and maybe even drones or something to patrol the border rather than putting up solid steel that you don't have to pay someone to watch. You don't have to pay upgrades for programs. You don't have to go to other countries and say, hey, I'd like a software patch from, I don't know, like China or, you know, France or, you know, Israel. You know, you wouldn't need all that shit because it's steel and it doesn't need anything else. But Schumer many times had warned President Trump under his breath because that's how cocky they get because now everyone just was going with the Pizzagate thing, which was real because that was entertainment for them because again, the children and the people that they traffic are simply commodities. They're just like cattle. You know how some kids, they get into this twisted phase and I know a lot of you know a lot of these kids and don't pretend you don't and you may have been one of those kids where they would strap cherry bombs to stray cats because they thought it was fun right? It's fun. It's fun. We're just going to blow up a cat or maybe torture a bird or maybe burn an ant's nest, right? I've done that. The burning of the ant's nest, right? I've done that. Horrific. 
they're alive and I'm doing it. And it's like, well, they're bugs and I kind of feel better like that. But I'm just saying, this is the same thing. So when I hear people about the abuse, the sexual abuse, that's to create trauma and they're just a commodity. And you will see in chapter two how when people like Schumer statuses want to have fun with a child, there is a medical team on standby because they will abuse that child to the point that it will die. So they harvest it for parts, spare parts. And this is fact. This isn't fiction. This is fact. So when I hear people talk about, they were just raping and doing things. Really? Stephen Hawkins went on a submarine when he can only speak from one little thing on his finger out to Epstein's Island because he wanted to rape kids. So all these Harvard, Stanford, Yale, you know, experts that are also giving you expert advice on everything were there simply because they wanted to rape kids. Get the fuck out of here. Don't you get it? Even when you're reporting the truth, you're only reporting a portion of it because there are things you don't even know you don't know. And so here we are. You didn't even know that Schumer had been warning President Trump for a long time. Wasn't he the one that said, they will screw you sex wise from Sunday? That's because he refused the help of the CIA. He didn't want their daily briefing and he didn't want any motherfucker near him that was associated with the agency because he knew exactly what they did and how they let this perpetuate, these markets perpetuate. So again, again, Schumer has always been warning him. Indiana, oh wait, who comes from that? Oh, that's right, Pence. So let's hear that again. It's a very important interview that people have just bypassed, not listening to the information being told. So let's start again, where Nancy's like, oh, we were coming in agreement. No, we're not putting pork in it. You know, you want to go explore minnows on the coast of Oman with millions of dollars. Let's take that and allegedly explore the Ohio River. Oh no, we're not doing that because we need people to think that it's really bad and we're going to control all the information. But the federal government is going to be honest with you and say there's no need for it. There's no need for it. And the federal government is right. So who's wrong? Who's right? You don't know. Don't make them poison it because they will if you don't hand over your rights. Losing their offices now because of the transition. Their people are not at the morale. And we've gained in the Senate, Nancy. The we've gained in the Senate. Excuse now, me. Did we win the Senate? We won the Senate. When the president brags that he won North Dakota and Indiana, he's in real trouble. When I, I did. Let me say this. We did win North Dakota this and Indiana. This is the most unfortunate thing. We came in here in good faith, uh, and 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 we're entering into a. Of this kind of a, a discussion in the public view. But it's not bad, let, Nancy. Let us, no, uh, no, it's called it's, transparency. I, I, I know. It's not transparency when we're not stipulating to a set of facts and when we want to have a debate with you about saying we confront some of those facts. Without you know what? We public. need border security. This That's what we're true. going to be talking about, border security. If we don't have border security, we'll shut down the government. This country needs border security. We the wall is a part of border security. Let's have a talk. We're going to get the wall built, and we've done a lot of wall already. It's a big section. It's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. We need to have effective border security. We need a wall in certain parts. No, not in all parts, but in certain parts of a 2,000-mile border. We need a wall. How much money? We are doing it much under budget. We're actually way under budget on the areas that we've renovated and areas that we've built. Uh, I would say if we got 
If we got $5 billion, we could do a tremendous chunk of wool. Are you willing to accept less, though, and are your guests Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Look, we have to have the wool. This isn't a question. This is a national emergency. Drugs are pouring into our country. People with tremendous medical difficulty and medical problems are pouring in, and in many, in many cases, it's contagious. They're pouring into our country. We have to have border security. What was contagious at that time when there was no COVID? You see, the thing is, is that a lot of people in the know just sit there and tell you what the media is thumping. No one goes off script. No, uh, 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 uh. I got to say with the thing. And I just have to either have better hair, better boobs, better voice, better, oh, and yeah, I don't know, maybe fancy graphics, right? And, 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 and then people will listen to me more than the other people. That's basically their end game, right? But listen to what the president said. We have to have border security because there are people coming in. There's a lot of medical issues and, you know, it's contagious. So let's continue. We have to have a wall as part of border security. And I don't think we really disagree so much. I also know we could do a tremendous chunk of wool. Are you willing to accept less, though, and are your guests... Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Look, we have to have the wool. This isn't a question. This is a national emergency. Drugs are pouring into our country. People with tremendous medical difficulty and medical problems are pouring in, and in many, in many cases, it's contagious. They're pouring into our country. We have to have border security. We have to have a wall as part of border security. And I don't think we really disagree so much. I also know that, you know, Nancy's in a situation where it's not easy for her to talk right now. And I understand that. And I fully understand that. We're going to have a good discussion and we're going to see what happens. But we have to have border security. Mr. President, please don't characterize the strength that I bring to this meeting as the leader of the House Democrats who just won a big victory. Elections but have me, consequences, Mr. Just, President. Let me just say. That's right. And that's why the country is doing so well. Well, the president is representing in terms of his cards over there are not factual. We have to have an evidence-based conversation about what does work, what money has been spent, and how effective it is. This, isn't about, this is about the security of our country. We take an oath to protect and defend. And we don't want to have that mischaracterized by anyone. And I agree are, with that. No, no, I agree with that. We are so let us have a conversation where we don't have to contradict in public the statistics that you put forth, but instead can have a conversation about what will really work and what the American people deserve from us at this uncertain time in their lives. The one thing I attention. think we can agree on is we shouldn't shut down the government over a dispute. And you want to shut it down. I, no, you keep no, talking no, no, about no. it. The last time, Chuck, you shut it down. No, no, no. And then you opened it up times. very quickly. And 20 times. I don't want to do what you did. 20 but, times Chuck, you have called for, I will shut down the government if I don't get my wool. None of us have you said You want to know something? You've said okay, it. Okay, you want to put that you on You said it. I'll take it. Okay, okay, good. You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, one way or the other, whether it's through you, through a military, through anything you want to call, I will shut down the government. Okay, absolutely. Fair enough. And we I am disagree. proud, and I'll we tell you disagree. what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. 
I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. And I'm going to shut it down for border But we security. believe you shouldn't okay. shut it down. Thank you very much, everybody. That's what President Trump wanted you to hear. He is willing to take that attack and have people mock him. But we need to shut this shit down. And, you know, when it comes from a border security where the vice president's son can smuggle, you know, foreign criminals through the border with the help of Border Patrol and cartels in Mexico, that is a big problem. So when people sit there and tell you, ah, Trump's done, Trump's been fighting and he knew and all of you have been throwing him under the bus or you have been thumping, uh, you know, hopium rather than organize. Shut the shit down because we can. And that's what's important. How do you guys feel about Laura Ingram now? What about Tucker? He's saying all the right things, isn't he? They're all saying the right things. But Tucker's around the president. How do you know who the heck is around the president all the time? Oh, because the media tells you. Right? Because the media tells you. You know, when he said, "Mm, Pelosi can't talk right now. No, she couldn't because we confiscated her damn thing off the coast, you know, on on Long Beach, her tankers. Because Paul Pelosi deals in tankers and transporting import and export goods. But no one pays attention to that. I wrote an article about that, how Pelosi is the visa queen. You should go and take a look at my article. Just put in Pelosi and a bunch of stuff will come up. Find the one where she's laying down. Don't, Visa, don't leave home without it. You will see the containers. That's why she couldn't speak. See, people, whatever you see out in front of you, you can't trust your eyes, you can't trust your ears. Trust your gut. Go blind, go deaf, and just trust your gut. Suddenly, everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. You got to take a pause, man. I am going to try and get what I want out as soon as possible. If I can get it out this weekend, I'll freaking do it. But I don't know if it's feasible. Because like I said, you see that video, right? And you saw a raw conversation. President Trump did not cower away. Pelosi was cowering away because she was like, oh my gosh, what if I piss him off? And he says this. Schumer was like, look, dude, I'm just giving you a heads up attitude. Thanks very much for saying that you're shutting it down. He called him out on shutting it down so many times and threatening to do it, right? They were scared because this has never happened before. Pence obviously just sitting there, right? Like like Schumer said, if you're bragging about North Dakota and Indiana, damn, you're in a lot of trouble. And that was true. (laughs) He told him, (laughs) you have no idea, right? Because he was mocking him. Right? It's kind of like when I'm sitting across from someone who I already know everything about. And they're giving me information. I'm like, oh, no shit. You're bragging about this. And then I just have this awkward smile, right? (laughs) You know, that smile that you're like, "Mm," it's the same face that Schumer made. That's the one where you're like, damn, you some dumb bitch. And he actually thought that President Trump was that, right? He had that face. President Trump has been telling you everything from day one. And I want you to think, just picture this. This is a guy that nobody wants. They planned it from the get-go, how they're going to remove him. And people that wanted to be in positions, in key positions, uh, you know, obscured interactions they had, activities they had, you know, very well, actually. Some of them were actually derailed publicly, you know, for XYZ purposes. 
But I want you to think of this. We talked about Prime Minister Abe, God rest his soul. God rest Russia's soul. But we talked about him. And, you know, he looks like the guy in the club that's like, yeah, I'm powerful. I run with you, but I don't think like you. And my face says it. But I'm doing this because I got to do it for my country. But if I have the opportunity, I will jump and pounce on you. He's that guy in the strip club, you know, with the shirt open, right? Abe loved President Trump because President Trump took it to another level. Abe was always like that about the Japanese people, very relaxed, you know, very chill. He's that friend in the group that's like super chill, right? I've done a show explaining to you that relationship. They took him out, right? President Trump is the only American president that went into the Forbidden City for dinner. None of them did. President Trump was the only one that crossed the North Korean border after, you know, these two lieutenants that were random just picked the line and drew it. These are very important things. President Trump, when he went to Helsinki, had meetings and he had, and I wrote an article about the senators that went there with him, right? All of them traitors, right? And had actual conversations. Remember, they wanted the interpreters and they wanted all this. President Trump had a conversation with the queen. She was pissed. The, the, the Pope was even more pissed. These are all the things you need to see. Sometimes looking weak is making you even stronger. And then when you're at that strong point, you just thump the weak. So that way you can shed the dead weight in the traitors. And so, you know, all those that jumped off the Trump train and jumped on the DeSantis train, now Soros puts his video out. <laughs> we own him too now. So now, who's going to be watching Fox? And you know what's funny? Didn't Elon Musk just have a conversation and meet with Murdoch before all of this dropped? I'm just asking for a friend. Sometimes you need people that are outside of this, you know, realm and world to come in and just, and then just strike that match. And then all others follow suit. Everything that was planned by them has been thwarted. So far, there are some things that you just can't nix. They were supposed to impeach him, but Assange, not being pardoned, saved him from that. And that was very important because we really needed Space Force. He did that. And Assange is actually martyring right now for us because of that. And so these are very important things that we should all keep in mind over the weekend. So when we see more shootings, you know, universities being shot down, you know, not shot down, shut down. People getting perped. I want to see... Will Ingram and Tucker and all of these nice, you know, why did they go for Fox first? I would have liked the, the, the influencers first. And Laura, you fucking stupid bitch. The shit she said, I'm sorry. This is like super frank, right? This is super explicit. You know, and, and, and this, this anger-ish, I'm not angry. I think I'm, I'm actually gleeful. But I'm also, I don't know, maybe it's salt. 
kind of feel in a way like this didn't have to be like this, but I had it had to be like this because if you don't see it yourself, then it's not real. It's just you saying it. It's almost like that guy that trolled up in my feed. Well, Stu Peter said it. So yeah, you're right. And I'm like, block, like done. I just couldn't see that. I shouldn't have blocked him because he needs to have access to actual information, even if he trolls. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm upset because I'm upset for the people because they didn't have to go through all this. And I believe that the people were a little bit more smarter. And I guess maybe that's my more romanticized side of, you know, trying to find this peace. Because I know a lot of you after watching that documentary, um, on Oregon trafficking and harvesting humans, because now you see what's going on in Ukraine. Now you understand what's happening right now as I'm speaking in Syria, in Turkey, in Lebanon, in China, in Uzbekistan, in Tajikistan, in Afghanistan, in Africa. And you're like, why so many Oregon? Well, when you're a senator, uh, you know, you have a lot of privileges. When you're in the club, you have a lot of privileges. His Operation Warp Speed and pushing the vaccine saved us. But nobody sees that. Uh, he pushed the vaccine. You have fucking free will. He's not, he's not you. You can pick. Damn. Like when I hear this. Ah. Fetterman. Oh, you guys. Right? Stroke. Stroke again. Hey, you guys. Now he's like locked up in the basement. Like I told you he would be. For what? Okay, get this. Depression. Get the fuck out of here. Now his wife steps in. I said that this would happen. This is, this is things that you don't have to have access to predictive analytic programs or be it, or tap the ether to see it coming. I warned a lot of them, the day will come, but they think they're so powerful. And it's like, you're really not. Because someone controls you. If someone can control what you're allowed to say, and you think twice before you put out that tweet, truth, post, or whatever, you're not free. You're just a pawn. And this is why I like iPod, I guess. He really doesn't care. Have you seen his most recent like video? Like, damn. I think we should do a watch party. Definitely. Like with pausing and thinking. Maybe we'll do that. But I really have to finish these things that I'm working on right now. Because um, I want to get them going. It's important. People don't read anymore. So maybe people should be reading for them. Conspiracy Rainbow is coming <laughs> coming to your airwave soon. But again, as we see this week unfold, that's coming. I want all of you to take a step back. Don't react. Take a step back and say, all right, let's pretend this is happening. Like when the train derailment happened in Ohio. Okay, it derailed. And then what? They blew it up. But then people came, right? And then they had to stop and do it again because somebody came and it's like, wait a minute. So this is like been sanctioned. You had all the authorities. This is a proper federalized control burn. So that means all the assets are in place and people just got in. A couple cars just came in. That doesn't work like that. Excuse me? What are you hiding? See, when you see things in that light, everything starts to make sense. Just take a step back. Stand on the moon and look down. Look at all the shills shilling. Look at all the narratives spinning. 
How many of your influencers are talking about what Tucker said? They can't. They're too busy putting their noses up his ass, hoping that they could get on a show. How many of them are going to talk about Laura Ingram? How many of them are going to talk about Alan Dershowitz, who's involved in a lot of lawsuits, yet he knows exactly why he was there? Ask him how many transplants he's had. Just a quick question. Ask him. Why doesn't anybody ask the right questions? Ask, and you shall receive. See, these are the things that we need to focus on. There's so much that we can go on, right? There's a lot. We have a U.S. sound boy in Afghanistan apologizing for inappropriate tweets. Oh, my God. Karen Decker, you put all this stuff. Dude, she's not even like on the level of Molly Feast. Stop. So why are they canceling her? Because she probably had a brutal and honest conversation and someone was like, oh, she fell out of line. Time to cancel this bitch. Right? That's one. We have uh, mall shootings in Texas. We have Biden getting a clean bill of health when we can obviously see that that's not happening. Bruce Willis has dementia. It's actually called, called Crutchfields. I don't know. Cannibalized. I don't know. Just something. You know, you have all these weird things. Japan is finally lifting the age of consent from 13. So they had an age of consent at 13 in Japan. In their new sex crime legislation. Wait a minute. 13. They're still growing teeth. What the fuck? How can you consent at 13? Ukraine prosecutors are probing the Russians for killing civilians in Bakhmut. <laughs> really? We should start talking about Ukraine more. Supermarket shooter in, uh, you know, uh, Buffalo. You know, white supremacist gunman that killed 10 black people. Right? Remember that? Sentenced to multiple life sentences. Well, that was a hip pocket asset that was really easy. U.S. prosecutors want to give 25 additional prison years to R. Kelly. Maybe R. Kelly should start blowing the whistle. Seriously. Maybe that's the problem. The news are telling you that North Korea is threatening the military. Right? Because... Why not? North Korea is saying, you know, the U.S. is like increasing tension right now and we're not feeling it. So, you know, we're not going to step down. There's going to be military action. In case the U.S. and South Korea decide to carry into practice, you know, uh, you know, the things that they're saying. So North Korea is like, ah, it's like, but I'm telling you that they're actually having talks. British embassy guards are facing jail time for spying for Moscow. So in Berlin, the United Kingdom had a person who was working for them. So a person that's either German or British was working at the British embassy in Germany, and he pled guilty to spying for the Kremlin. He says that he passed sensitive material to the Russian embassy in Germany and he was caught in a sting operation. 
So a diplomat gave another diplomat of another country information. Nobody knows what that information is. It could have been like, hey, hit me up. It could have been a post-it note. doesn't matter. We're increasing the hostility toward Russia. We haven't gone to war yet. Why are people not going to war yet? Why? Because they're tired. You mind fuck them with COVID. Wait till people find out that all their loved ones that died, allegedly, that they saw on remote cameras to have these funerals were gutted and used for spare freaking parts. Some of them were like, yeah, cremate them because COVID's like super contagious. And no one's going to go digging into a body. How many of them actually asked the funeral home, hey, can you give me the manifest where organs missing? And it's probably a lie. But remember, it was the actual funeral homes that were telling you that something's up with all these COVID, you know, suddenly COVID. Again, I come back to the news. A former CIA director, David Petraeus, recently told the House Intelligence Committee about the needs of the agency's workforce. One of the committee's youngest members flashed a knowing smile and began to nod. Abigail Spanberg spent almost a decade as CIA operations officer. Now she's a third-term Democratic congresswoman from Virginia, (laughs) right? I mean, why not have spooks as your congresswomen, (laughs) right? Right? Nigeria, right, has a new president too. Because, you know, it was completely insecure. We needed to do this. Japan just launched its first flagship rocket. Huh. What? I did tell you, watch out for Japan. People are now on the left getting into the, oh, there's a health disaster in Ohio. People are pushing the ID bracelet. Stop. That happened during COVID too. Pablo Neruda, he died. He was a Nobel Prize winning Chilean poet. He died of poisoning 50 years ago. And that was a new analysis that just happened. So 50 years later, the guy was poisoned. I wonder what his poem said. Remember the caves where they had a flooded cave in Thailand back in 2018 and they rescued 12 boys? Did I mention that he was missing a kidney? That's right. I just wanted to point that out. He was trapped in that cave with a bunch of 12 boys. That was flooded in 2018. Well, he just died in England. Just out of the blue in its news. Very specific. Biden is now swapping prisoners with Iran. Right? That's happening. People are dying everywhere. We've got Marburg's coming up. Remember, I talked about how they, the disease X at one point. You should look it up. Maybe it transcribed correctly. And then I talked about Marburg's, and then I talked about it again because I was telling you how they were creating Ebola vaccines and Marburg vaccines. I think it was in 2020 after the report from the University of Alaska actually said, and now it's documented, and it's record, and it's fact, that Building 7 was a controlled demolition. It was right around that time, March 25th, 2020. Day of the Annunciation. 39 people were killed in a Panama bus crash. Gas explosions happening in the United Kingdom. 
so much. Michigan State, there are murders, campus shootings. I wonder what other university they're going to shut down today, right? It's probably one of those corrupt states. Biden's economic advisor leaves the West Wing. Brian Deese had a farewell party. Farewell, just like all those others that left like CNN, Waypo, fucking New York Times. They go, farewell. And then like a year later, it's like pedo bust. What's funny is he's a Yale grad, right? And he worked for BlackRock as an executive. Just pointing that out. See, there are a lot of things happening. And you're like, which way do I pick? Well, the way you pick it is by going in the middle of the road and seeing, all right, well, all of this is going to continue to go. So let's just take a step back and start at the beginning. In the meantime, remember when I did that story on Haiti about how um, Sean Penn's security guard was actually part of that who used to be in Haiti and then, they, oh, okay. So um, U.S. authorities have actually arrested four more people in the slaying of the Haitian president, including the owner of a Miami area security company that hired, an ex, uh, that hired ex-Columbian soldiers for that mission. But I already talked about that. But here, it's news now because they just arrested another four amid that. Thousands of Ukrainian children are being put through Russian re-education camps. Huh. At least they're not being harvested because that's what the labs in Ukraine did. Huh. If we actually pay attention to what really was going on in Ukraine, if we understand how Ukraine was supposed to be used as a footing, if we understand what kind of markets were being peddled there, you know, we're not getting the whole story of this whole research because it's so weird that the people that were actually part of my Metabiota working with the Vatican with this heart team, right? And it's a very specific Italian team that very close to the Pope. They left Metabiota and created their own company. And now the federal government and other federal governments, including the WHO, are working with the same two bitches that launched the Metabiota. But nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about what's digestible. Well, this is digestible. It's not 2015. It's not 2012, right? It's 2023. And this is the information revolution. This is where people want to have access to garbage. And we want that. You say it's garbage. Another man's garbage is another man's treasure. Let me see it all. It's not about what I can say. It's about what I can hear. And if we look at free speech in that sense of not silencing voices, but disabling us from having access to any voice we fucking want, then the conversation of the First Amendment seems to change because it's about access to information. It's like book burning when you ban someone on, in, on the internet. There are a lot of people out there that are insane and a lot of people that are self-serving. We need to start thinking about the First Amendment differently. And how do you rewire that? Chaos, <laughs> I guess. The point that you're just done. I mean, they gave you aliens and we didn't see people coming out on the rooftops with sign, take me away. I mean, they would have loved that. But they're exhausted. They would have loved that, but they are exhausted exhausted. 
You can have an alien right now walk up to your door, knock on it, and you're just like, dude, man, no, I'm not doing this today. Satan, not today. I'm not dealing with this. And you close the door. You don't even ask it questions about, you know, space or the future or how can we fix humanity? You're just like, fuck you. I'm closing the door. I'm not looking at this. I'm done. Right. And right now, the release of these secret texts, even though I've already told you many times, not everyone is 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 who they say they are. And this is why people are terrified of having public conversations with me. Because I have no problem, no problem calling shit to the carpet. And I have no problem owning my own shit. So again, now you can't even trust these people that all your influencers thump. And then the influencers and those media people are like, well, if we ignore it, it'll go away. (laughs) And it's like, that's not how the truth works. I'm sorry. (laughs) We should start asking people, how many transplants have you had? Pick a person, any person. Go ahead. Take a look. Maybe there's a dribble of evidence. We should ask Anderson Cooper. We should ask Don Lamont. Because sometimes it comes to a point where they clearly cause you harm to have the necessity for that. And then when you have the necessity for that, they're like, well, we could get it done if you want, right? You in the club or what? And boom, there we go. Sometimes if you get too big and they feel that they cannot control you, they will cause you harm to put you in that box. Now, I'm the person that's like, oh, well, I guess I'm dying then. (laughs) That's how everyone should be. If people look and ask the right questions, it's all right there. So again, your water was always nasty looking. Now it just got a bit of oil slick. That'll take time to flow out and go wherever. It's kind of like on the beach. So many times, if you're on the beach, like in the bay, in the Corinthian Bay, when I would swim, right, there would be days that the water is like soft and nice. Other days, there would be waves. Other days, there would be, it would be filled with jellyfish. Other days, it would have oil slick. Other days, it would have garbage, right? The tides change all the time. We just need to be eating some fruits, Don't go to places that are like, oh, wait, just buy a sock and you'll get some fruit. Oh, wait, just buy gold and silver and you will get some fruit. Make your own fruit. When you can't see light, be your own light. You don't have to beg people and be thirsty to be in the crowd. You are the damn crowd. You are the in crowd. And the minute people figure out that they are the in crowd, it's game over. The more, you, the more I say it, the more I see that a lot of people that are like, yeah, yeah, they lose momentum. And it's all about forward momentum. So sometimes we have to use the air, the ether, and just push it around. I want you to think about that. Push it around. So whatever you see happening, pray. That's all you can do. And it's the best thing you can do. So say someone would be like, well, you could do this. You know what? Actually, there are things you can do. Let's put it this way. Here's a simple take-home message, just so that you understand how corrupt everything is. How many influencers do you follow? 20? Let's say 40, 50, 60, 70, 100. Let's say 100. All those 100 influencers have at least one cell phone, which is equipped with a camera and a microphone. 
Lots of these influencers have had conversations with very high-level people, allegedly. And sometimes, yes. Bill Gates, the president, vice president, other influencers, Tucker, Hannity, Ingram, you name them, all of them, they've all had interactions. No one's recorded anything. No one ever recorded Bill Gates talking about people as commodities. No one recorded any politician talking shit. So you're telling me you've got a tracking device in your pocket that has a camera and a microphone and none of you recorded something that was worth something? Get the fuck out of here. You see, this is where you can see the sequestration. No video, no nothing. I understand that if it's a late video, you know, you fumble sometimes. You're trying to be sneaky and you can't be sneaky because then it's going to be, huh? where's the video? Huh? Why hasn't it been exposed? I mean, Loretta Lynch listened in to the conversation through Manafort's phone accessed remotely when they were at the Trump Tower through a visa that she approved to get the Russian in there that was a complete setup. God bless Manafort. So, but you, there's no audio. I mean, just look at the integrity that they have. You hear something and you don't say it. I've talked to a lot of people. Well, you know, DeSantis is like this, but I can't go against him because, uh, uh, so you see something fishy and you don't report it because then everybody else will cancel you. (laughs) And that's the difference between you and me. I'm free. You're not. You have to abide by the rules because you're going to get canceled. And guess what? When they cancel you, you won't survive. You will not survive because you're getting canceled by the people, not them. Ha. Because the people are starting to cancel people. Watch and learn. So this week, there's going to be, I mean, it should have happened yesterday, maybe today, a couple universities. It's just a raid. That's where they hide shit. Remember, Stanford bailed out FTX. So if anyone bailed out banks or paid the Chinese or something or Bill Gates or something, it's probably sitting in a university somewhere. So if there's a lockdown or any threats, just pray. Right? Pray. You know, you're going to see a lot of stuff happen next week. Here's what you need to do. Replay the show. Because it's all a show. And right now, there are no script writers except for us. So let's see. What would we like to speak into the ether? Well, I would like the underdog that everyone made fun of actually have people get accountable for their oath. Remember your oath. That's what I would like. Then I would like more people to actually push on foundational change. Like when I saw that Nate Kane was running a, a while ago. Like I was looking at it. I was like, I sat and thought about it. I felt so bad. And I was like, you know, I'm going to arrange a call where I'm going to be frank with him. And obviously I was frank on air. So I'm not shy when I make a mistake or the struggles that I go in discernment because all of us have that. We are all in a position to be adult-like enough to have these discussions correctly adult enough. And maybe I'm a little bit more fiery. I mean, truth is kind of hot. And that's it. So think about this. If you're the script writer, what would you like to write? I just want the oath to be held up to the highest standard that it should be. 
That's what I want. And I have to keep that very simple because I could tell you there was a long time that I'm watching TV and those that are around me know, like Phoebe's like, you should just get into politics. And I was like, no, throwing shoes and, and slippers at TVs or throwing my phone across the room when I see, you know, a report on Fox or OAN and I'm like, I literally throw it and I'm like, no, damn it. Like, seriously, this person doesn't have to go that way. There are no exit ramps. Look at them. They're boxed now. Is anyone going to discuss these things? Well, Laura Ingram came out. Well, apparently you guys saw a lot of these texts, so I... No, she won't. They'll pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> and your influencers won't go against them because it's like, that's her. I need her on my show. I want to I be on the end with the producer um, of Roger... I mean, Tucker... Carlson, because you know, Roger Stone's actually the gatekeeper to Tucker Carlson. I'm just telling you. So, you know, because he has a lot of blackmail, a lot of people, and he controls a lot of people. I mean, and you know what the good thing is, is that Enrique Tario, who's a Fed, right, was actually feted to be exposed as a Fed, right? So that's what's so cool. And people are like, oh, Enrique Tario is innocent. No, he's not. Let me explain to you this situation. Just listen. Listen. Enrique Tarrio is a fed. He was bringing in part of the weapons. He was also a source. I mean, he's a really bad person that has baby mamas everywhere and everything, right? And he almost reminds me of Andrew Tate, sans the whole mind control over women or, you know, being um, toxic, toxically male, right? I love hard, oh, that didn't come out right. I'm going to rephrase that. I love masculine men, men that get the job done, men that are like, girl, you come here. I am the man. Raw. Right. But now I'm in like that. Okay. Let's just, <laughs> well, I wanted to say hard. I meant like juggernauts, you know, because um, that's really, really <laughs> the thing. So that's Federique. But you know what? He was flipped. And if you read, there's an article that the CIA, I mean, the Gateway Pundit put out where they were like, oh my gosh, the FBI slipped a document to someone and that document was fed in by the FBI to nab, you know, Enrique Tario. And it's like, hey, what if that FBI agent was a white hat, right? Trying to get him set up so that way we can expose that he's a fed. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes everything is not what you think it is. Everything, you know, is not what you think it is. I mean, look at all these influencers. They fucking look defeated on TV. I'm just saying, totally defeated. And I haven't even started yet. So, fires shall be set. Well, they've already been set. It's always embers at first. And then it becomes super hot. And it's like, mm, just remember, if you believe it shall be done, speak it into the ether. They have no more scraps. You are now the script writer. You're hired, by the way. So start writing your own script. Don't wait for someone else to tell you how to write it. Or don't wait for someone else to write it for you. You can do that all by yourself. Remember, it's a system. And I think it's important <laughs> that we finish this off with listening to the lyrics of Tom McDonald's song, The System. Welcome to the world, baby boy. I'll paint you red and white and blue. The indoctrination starts as soon as you come out the womb. Pretty quick, we'll make you stupid with curriculums at school. And if the classroom doesn't do the trick, we'll make you watch the news. Pick your team, right or left. Pick the red pill or the blue. You can vote, but even if you win, still everyone will lose. Don't forget to buy designer because Gucci makes you cool. We prioritize material belongings over truth. Get a job that you can't stand so you can buy some cans of food. Go overseas and die for freedom. There's some oil we can use. Our democracy exists so that you think that you can choose. But our algorithms make you do what we want. Want you to 
problem You're depressed, society has you confused We got medication for you that you'll probably abuse Go get married to a lady who also don't have a clue And pump out a few babies that are just the same as you Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all Here inside the system, violence is a symptom Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong